begin transmission. It is I, Chris, aka Star Raptor, for episode number 60 of Outer Rim Transmission, our Star Wars weekly podcast. I'm joined by the full crew tonight. We have a lot going on with Milton, with Ben. We're going to be talking all about Star Wars Celebration 2022 in Anaheim. But that's not all, because we have the first three episodes. That's right. The first half of Kenobi is already out. So we're going to be talking in detail about that as well. And we're going to do all this in about two hours time. So this is going to be very fun and interesting to see how we can get this all done. I'm going to throw over to Milton, man. It's been about two weeks since we've hung out here on the podcast. What you been up to, man? How you been? Uh, I've been good, man. You know, so just doing my thing, you know, working, staying out of trouble, the simple life, but obviously absorbing all of the Kenobi footage and episodes and obviously still trying to recap star wars celebration because i haven't watched all the interviews and panels yet so i still need to go back and look into that but no i'm just looking forward to talking about kenobi uh and hopefully we can get into some of the some of the darker side of star wars as you as you people would say so yeah certainly um you know the fandom it could be great but it could also be dumpster fire points which is just so unfortunate um, I'm also, you know, even though I've been at Celebration, I've throughout the last couple of days as I'm editing a bunch of videos, because as you guys have been following the channel, I've been putting up almost a video every day at this point, maybe even two a day. Um, I've been having the background of uh, the YouTube Star Wars show stream going on as I'm like editing my videos. So I'm currently on day two at this point. They're like seven hour streams. It's crazy. Um, so for those of you that were home, you can... Uh, join in and, and watch it. I know Ben, you 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 watched quite a bit of the live stream. Am I correct in that? Yeah, I had the um, yeah for me. I had the live stream, you know, up when I could, and then you know I've been just having it on in the background here and there, like when I'm working out and things like that. Um, you know, my only thing with the live stream, you know, I felt like there was a lot of like gaps in it, like you know, from what like you know you guys were seeing certain things at celebration. And then we weren't like seeing anything. They would like cut back to the other stage, you know, like the main Star Wars show stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know. It was kind of weird. Overall. Hey Ben, are you are you breaking up a little bit? Can you hear Ben? Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit. Okay, it's not just me. Yeah. Yeah, it, so so since you are breaking up a little bit, I'll kind of rally off of your point you're making. And um, with that, we'll kind of start our celebration chat because, man, oh, man, I have the most extensive amount of notes I've ever put in show notes before because it is it is daunting looking at this list. We usually we would say our week in Star Wars, but our week in Star Wars is just going to be like, hey, we watch Star Wars celebrations and stuff. So here we go. Um yeah, so I had gone to California for the first time, Star Wars Celebration, and even for somebody who went to Celebration, I was a little bit bummed because they have a whole lottery system where ahead of time, a couple days before, you put in for the first panel of the day. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they had a big panel. The first one was all the live action series and development, and I did not get into that one. And I was like, yeah, that's no big deal, because last time I didn't get into the Rise of Skywalker panel, and I walked to the live show stage, and they were streaming it there for everybody that didn't get into the one of the three stages to watch it. But I was very curious, because I was like, wait, they're not actually showing even the people at the convention what's going on in the other room. Um, so that was that was a negative for Celebration. It's like, 
at least show us that you know maybe don't show us maybe black out the trailers but at least like show us what's going on because apparently harrison ford showed up with john williams and i was so mad that you know these guys are getting up in age who knows when the next time if that that could be the last time i could have ever had a chance to see him with my own eyes in the same room or you know at least be in the vicinity so that was was a bummer because i feel like in in years past they definitely showed a lot more um what was happening um around the convention for for everybody around the world so no, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that makes sense. Look, you got two legends like that. I think any time they show up, it's a special event. It's not like it's you know, uh, uh, you know, Daisy Ridley showing up. She's only what twenty something, almost thirty. Mm-hmm. She's got another forty years, hopefully, left to go to these things. So Harrison Ford, John Williams, that's a that's a must see. So I think they should at least give more opportunity for that. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, but I mean. Pretty quickly, I got over that because, you know, you just see the press blog. And and, and the first thing we'll talk about today is the Andor trailer. Uh, I expected, I think we all expected we would get an Andor trailer. And they gave us a pretty sizable trailer. This is technically a teaser trailer, even though it's almost two minutes long, which is longer than most of the other trailers we've gotten recently. Um, So I'm going to throw it over to to Ben. I think you're back now. Um, What did you think of the Andor trailer? Yeah, I I think I'm back. (laughs) You're back. I can hear you now. Okay, cool. So anyways, I think the Andor trailer was really good. It set the tone, like the feel of basically, I guess we would call it the dark times. Mm-hmm. Um, it set the feel for like the dark times of the Empire, for like the early stages of the Rebellion. I love some of the little nods we got in the trailer, like the clone troopers, um, things like that. And the uh, the one gunship or, or ship that was in the trailer, I think yeah. it was from clone, or I, I think that was, that was, um, that was like one of the LATs, or I, I think they're called. Um, but you know that that was really cool seeing that, and uh, yeah, I mean, just like kind of setting the tone, getting us back. I feel like the cinematography for it, it, it uh, I guess I would say it was color graded in a way it looked similar to Rogue to Rogue One, which mm-hmm. was nice. And I uh, yeah, it just really set us up for that tone of that show, and it's gonna, it's going to be interesting to see once the full trailer comes out. Because, you know, this is a 12-episode show, so we have a lot of potential content on the way for Andor specifically, um, just for that show alone. Yeah, yeah. So so jumping off your point about the evolution of that LAAT, uh, we know we see those five years after Revenge of the Sith in Jedi Fallen Order, they saw Guerrero's crew was using um, the lats for, for their own purposes, but it looks like they did kind of evolve them to a degree, which is what I love about Star Wars, especially in the dark times where we're seeing, we've seen it in Rebels, we've seen a precursor of, of AT-ATs, and we see how they are in Empire, so that's why I love, like, the design, the concept design of Star Wars, just seeing the evolution of certain vehicles and things that are repurposed later on. Um, I'm gonna throw this over to Milton, um, and I think you might be excited about this as well. What what did you think of seeing Coruscant in live action? Because that got me pretty hyped. About damn time. We, we <laughs> need more of that planet. I mean, yeah. like, I don't understand. Like, I know in the original, or excuse me, the prequels, they got a lot of love. And I think, obviously, we heard about this planet in Legends prior to the prequels. So it's like once we got that, it's like, wow, this is a planet that needs to be explored. Because there are multiple levels and multiple environments in course uh, and around it so why not give us more of this i'm glad that endor is going to show that i'm hopeful that that they will but um yeah like i'm excited for this this show 
I'm a, I like the trailer. It did what it needed to do. Um, I honestly, I think as of now, Andor is probably my next anticipated show. And I guarantee Ahsoka is going to be that next show. But right now, Andor has done it for me. I am locked in and ready to watch that show when it's premiering. Yeah, you talk about Ben was talking about 12 episodes, right? That's that's huge for Star Wars. We're so used to like these six to eight episodes, even with Disney Plus in general, unless you're animated like the Bad Batch. But to have that sizable chunk of a series and to find out literally officially from Tony Gilroy, Tony Gilroy, who is at this panel saying, you know, the first 12 episodes are like about a year. And then the next 12 episodes are going to catch up to about like a year or so before or maybe not even a year maybe even closer to rogue one so we know we're getting that like full like i guess like five year span of time up into a new hope we see lots of new characters we see what is like the beginning of of the hardcore rebellion we see these people in this village and they're they're hitting these different like instrumental type of things to kind of warn everybody like hey the empire's coming the empire's coming but we see so I was actually very intrigued and very surprised how many new Imperials, how many new Rebellion characters we see. I mean, the only people that I recognize are Mon Mothma and, and Andor. So, I mean, yeah, I'll throw it over to you guys. I don't know if you recognize anybody else. I mean, I've only seen the trailer a few times, but, you know, I think that's right. pretty cool to have a lot of new stuff, even in an era that, you know, is so recognizable. Right. Now, I mean, I, I think it, it, it makes sense that we're going to get a lot, a lot more new characters. I'm okay with that because we already had Rogue One, which set us up with, you know, characters that we connected with. I, I don't need to see some of those officers that were just around in Rogue One. I don't really care about them. Mon Mothma, Andor, maybe Bail Organa are probably the ones that we need to focus on just because they're the ones that are like the they're the primary people of the rebellion and did that getting created or started so i'm cool with getting those three maybe four characters or someone someone else pops up but I, I i like new characters we need to expand star wars characters so i'm cool with it yeah what about you ben um final final thoughts on android i know this is like the shorter yeah. segment we've had with like a trailer breakdown but i wouldn't even call it a trailer breakdown and um as i was saying in a pre-show i'm sure we're gonna get an official trailer and we will be sure to break that down like we've been in the past frame by frame by frame yep. but we're gonna keep like little five ten minute segments because i got about 30 things to go over here so <laughs> final thoughts on on andor yeah i mean I, I just think i'm i'm excited for it you know we're we're getting obviously closer to it and it's just you know it's just a new star wars show it's something to be excited about and it's it's nice because i'm interested to see where this show leads us because think we have another season of andor um there's different things out there about kenobi there's different things going on so it makes me wonder if they're going to start building out shows in the dark time of the uh. empire you know so other than like other than say um andor and kenobi like what if we get another show potentially in this time period like they might start building this out because in that vanity fair article that the really big write-up from a couple weeks ago you know it literally said like the rebellion is on tv or like the rebellion is for streaming mm -hmm. now or something like that makes me think like we're gonna have more than just andor potentially in this time period or andor and kenobi potentially in this time period so it's like i wonder if we're gonna get more projects yeah. you know in this era and that that's what makes me that's that's like kind of my um yeah final thoughts like i think it's gonna be the starting point for a lot of other projects potentially yeah let, let, let's count them off right now off the top of my head you got bad batch you know within the first yep. five years you got jedi and we're gonna talk about this 
Jedi Survivor, Jedi Fallen Order. That's all in that same Kenobi five years, ten years yep. period. Then you're going to have Andor. There's four ongoing projects that I can't, you know, help but see. Like, they, they, they'll connect. Um, yeah, so so you have Kenobi, or you have Kenobi. Andor is coming out August 31st. They said at, at the end of summer, they are right on target. We're not getting one. We're getting two episodes. I know Milton's been happy. I know you've been shouting from the rooftops. Give us those two episode premieres because yeah. as we'll talk about later with our <laughs> Kenobi review, I think it really helped that series especially. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that they're they're doing the two episode releases. Hey, that, that that's the best way to do it. I mean, I've been saying like that. You got to establish a story early on, especially with these limited series. You can't waste time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have Chris Forsyth. He's in the chat. Hey, I live. Uh, yeah, give me an Empire show. Yeah, so funny. I, I had a lot of cool memories that me and Chris had. Um, we went to In and Out for the first time, and we we hung out a bunch Disney downtown, downtown Disney, all those places. So, and uh, there's another person. I don't know if she'll be joining in the chat, but um, Aaron Daly. We also hung out quite a bit. So it's cool to see our community live, live in live in action there. So. Fun stuff there. So this is all the stuff from day one. I'm going to try to go in chronological order of the announcements and we'll breeze through them. Another thing that there's not a whole lot to talk about because they just kind of announced it and left is Skeleton Crew, which is Grammar Rodeo Project we've been talking about for months. Um, that is going to star Jude Law. We had heard rumblings about Jude Law being involved with Star Wars at one point, And we did get the confirmation that John Watts the creator of um, the director of the Spider-Man trilogy movies from Sony recently is going to be putting that out. It's about a bunch of kids, um, but it's not necessarily for kids. They, they stress that a lot. So I'm guessing, yeah, again, Stranger Things vibes, you know, it could be a little darker maybe. And they're lost in space. It's coming out next year, 2023. It's also in that same kind of air that we were hearing about Mandalorian. John Favreau is an executive producer. So it's around Ahsoka, around Mando, all those areas right around uh, Return of the Jedi. Anybody have anything to say about this? I know that's basically the only information that we know so far. Yeah, I uh, I read maybe a snippet of this. And look, if, if it's going to be like Stranger Things, and I'm cool with it because I like that show. I'm actually watching season four now. If it's anything like Stranger Things, I'm cool with it. Other than that, we'll wait until we get more information and a trailer, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Ben? I mean, I mean, I pretty much have to echo what you said, Milton. I'm, I'm going to start on the new season of Stranger Things over the weekend. And if we get anything somewhere in the ballpark of that, in terms of storytelling, suspense, right. etc., I think uh, I think it'll be good. But it just it comes down to, uh, the, you know, whatever whatever they decide for the story. And hey, John Watts being involved, like that's. It's not a bad thing, so you know, yeah. you know, we'll we'll dive a lot more into it in uh, future segments. But you know, it's hard to tell at this point. Yeah, I mean, like I, this this guy's got proficiency with working with kids, obviously, or, or very young actors. I wouldn't call you know Tom Holland a kid by any means, but you know, he's got experience with dealing with the younger age audience and all that sort of thing. So I think it's a, I think it's going to be a good fit there. Um, so that was basically it for the the. The live productions panel, they did talk about Willow, um, which are, uh, this is something I have to bet. I've never actually seen the original Willow, so don't don't. Same here. Because yeah, I, I've never I never watched it. <laughs> I, I I saw the trailer, but I didn't watch it. So I, I need to go back and watch the movie. I'm intrigued. I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, that's coming out, I think, in November. That's going to take that like winter like Mandalorian spot, apparently. Um, and they also mentioned about Indiana Jones 5 for some reason. 
Um, even at Star Wars Celebration, that's why Harrison Ford came out to talk about that. That's still on track for next year, hopefully, because we know how many times that's that's been delayed. Um, so then we go later on to, I think, the next time. There, there is a bunch, and I'm going to tell you guys right now, there's not enough time for me to talk about all the publishing stuff because there was about four different panels worth of books and comics and everything else. Yes, we're getting a new Yoda series of, of comics, a limited series, and we're getting the books that we already know about. There's not really been any new announcements other than High Republic getting a bunch of new books that don't even have artwork on the cover. So not much to talk about there anyways. Um, but what we did get the next day, I'm going to move it into Friday because I did... I did watch the premiere of Obi-Wan at Celebration, and I'll talk about that when we get to Obi-Wan. Um, so going on to Friday, we had a ton of stuff revealed. The first one, we had a big Lego um, panel that I did not go to, but apparently it's on there. I watched it earlier today um, on the stream at some point on day two. It's on there. Um, they announced a bunch of stuff, including we're getting another special, which looks really cool. Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation, that's coming out on August 5th kind of like falling into the routine of we got the the halloween special we got the holiday special now we're getting a summer vacation special basically the whole pitch is you know summer vacations going wrong so it's going to be a bunch of yeah. characters throughout the timeline of hey they have this story this went wrong this went wrong it's going to be the the, the framing of the story uh, like the usual is going to be set post the Rise of Skywalker, which again is so funny because it's like the only storytelling in any medium that we get after the Rise of Skywalker, like it was paving the way there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I they didn't even have a trailer, so there's there's really not much to talk about as far as anything of note, other than hey, we're getting a Star Wars Lego summer vacation special special there. That's all you guys, because you know how I feel about it. <laughs> all yeah, you. I, I uh. I would say I, I guess they heard our podcast last year because I think I think I do recall myself pitching the idea of Lego yeah. specials for the different holiday Christmas, yeah. um, Halloween, like yeah I'm pretty sure I even mentioned summer Lego specials so like you're welcome Star Wars because I I talked about that over a year ago yeah I'm about to say uh, y'all y'all need to cut Ben a check okay yep. yeah <laughs> I, I was pitching that like last October when we had the Halloween special I was like hey we need more of this in for the different um, type of seasons, so it's it's cool. I'm excited for it. You know, it's just another like, hey, fun side thing for Star Wars. But yeah, you know, nothing nothing more than that, really. Yeah. Um. So we do have another comment. Dark Nerdy Gonzo, also one of my con buddies. He I didn't see him there, but I know he goes to New York Comic Con every every year. Um. I have to go back a little bit because I did mention. Oh, there's not there's not much to note when it comes to books and comics. But if you guys know anything about me, you know I'm a huge Shadows of the Empire fan. And at the publishing oh, yeah. panel on Thursday, they put out this big image. And and, and Michael Seglane, like the, the, the president of the publishing or whatever, he says, okay, all these pictures of these characters on this slide, and there's about 30, 35 of them, have a mm -hmm. chance they could be, they might not be involved with future stories. And he's like, basically, he's telling every, the crowd at the time, I was in the panel at the time, he's like, I want everybody to, like, shout, like, who they want, basically. And, I, and they had Dash Rendar on the screen, and I was like, Dash Rendar! So I was, I was kind of losing my mind a little bit, but it's not confirmed he's going to be in anything, but basically, Michael Slaglane was like, we want to hear you out on Twitter, like, anybody, if there's a character you want to see that you haven't seen that's from Legends or whatever, like, let us know, and, you know, maybe a future 
writer or somebody will will pick up on that. So I mean, Zizor right. has already been confirmed in canon, being the, the Crimson Raid. So it's like you got one half of Shadows of the Empire. Let's bring the other guy in. So that was just something I just had to throw in there because I know there was not much to mention other than that that I completely forgot about. Um, going back to Lego though. Um, I, I wasn't going to talk about any toys or anything that got revealed because, again, that would make the show about three or four hours long with all the exclusives <laughs> they revealed. But <laughs> Lego put out a BD-1. It's putting out a BD-1 from Jedi Fallen Order, a full-size <coughs> replica of a little BD droid, which is going to be so cool because they showed it off on that panel. And they have, like, so much interactive kind of stuff you could do with it. It even has, like, the little stim compartment where, like, when you need when you get low on health, like, you call it a BT, BD, and he, like, right. shoots out these stims and you, like, stab it in your arm or whatever to give you more health. So I love that. Um, and I've been looking for more BD merch. And in fact, like, I had to build, like, I showed you guys last time. I, I had to build my, um, you could probably see it in the background. My, my 3D printed BD-1, which miraculously made it back from Celebration on the airplane, but it did not look nice. pretty getting there. Um, antennas broke off, but people seemed to like it when I was walking around in, in a costume. But um, yeah, that was basically it for, for LEGO. Um, but again, speaking of Jedi Fallen Order, this, this was a little bit interesting. So going into Celebration, I found it very suspect that there was no official panel for like a Star Wars triple-a game they had hunters i don't consider that really a triple-a game um right so on friday just randomly they just dropped the trailer for star wars jedi survivor um out of nowhere they're just like here you go guys it's like oh okay um because we did hear it was gonna give we're gonna get some information so they just shadow dropped this trailer um it's about a, a minute and some change uh, it looks very dark very ominous it's got like the stinger mantis that's been like destroyed and and there's this Utapau guy i'm i don't maybe ben or or, or uh, milton you could tell me i don't know if that's the grand inquisitor or if it's just another powan uh but he definitely yeah, doesn't I, yeah. sound like the grand inquisitor i don't i don't think it's him yeah no i would i would guess it's just someone different I okay would say. okay so anyway i mean it's very intriguing uh there's no information it's just coming out in 2023 but you know it's worth telling the people about if they haven't heard it so there you go. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm I watched the trailer for the game, and again, I have the first game literally downstairs in front of my TV. So once I get the opportunity, I'm going to play Jedi Fallen Order, and I know you guys told me it's a good game, and I will like it, and I think I will like it. Um, you know, from the trailer itself, it looked good, had very dark feel to it. I am hoping we get newer characters, newer story, just expand that whole darker times of Star Wars. So I'm excited for it. Um, hopefully it, it holds up to the first one because I heard people praise the first game. They said it probably, it's probably the best Star Wars game since Disney took over. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's got the best gameplay, the best in-depth design for lightsaber combat that I think they've mm -hmm. ever made for any Star Wars game, period. It's up there with, like, Jedi Outcast, which I think up until this oh. game had the best Jedi combat. Um, I did get confirmation thanks to... Dark Nerdy Gonzo is confirmed. The Palin is confirmed to be an Imperial Senator. So that's very interesting because the Imperial okay. Senator, he gets he gets the case that has Cal Kestis's lightsaber in it. But then earlier in the teaser trailer, there was like a dark robed character with a red lightsaber. And now some people are like, oh my gosh, is that Darth Maul? I mean, the time frame could add up. It could be Maul for all we know. Yeah. I'm just hoping that they get 
uh, Galen Merrick, aka Starkiller, in there because it it seems like that would be such a good fit. Have him being yeah, the antagonist. Yeah, we, we need we need we need him back. Like honestly, he he should be canon. I, I told you before, they they can legit make that character canon. There's a way to do it, even with the current stories of Legend or quote unquote the Force Unleashed. Yeah. You can still make him canon with those stories. Just tweak some stuff because his story can lead up to um, the Death Star stuff when that got created or whenever like that was in that process. But you can tweak it to make it work. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, it's plenty of fertile territory, um, but it's getting crowded quick. You know, we, we a couple mm. a couple years ago, there was nothing in there. Now we get like I said, we have four like on screen things being developed at once. So um, there's little pockets of time. They could still fit fit stuff in. But, you know, they got to do it quick before they run out of room, essentially. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Aaron Daly is in the chat here. Um, she's saying she missed the Lego panel. Uh, but she went to the Star Wars tourism panel on Friday, which is where they talked about filming locations that you can go to in the United States, which which is a lot of fun. I know they have a lot of locations out there in California, um, Death Valley and stuff like that. The Sarlacc Pit, you can go to um, Endor, which is like the, the Pacific yep. Northwest with the redwood trees. So there's a lot of there's a lot of cool places, if you especially if you live out west. Nice. Oh, nice. oh yeah, there's there's tons of different places, um, you know, where they're filming and. You know, it's nice that they're here, you know, where we can, if you live out that way, you can actually go and, you know, drive by or check it out. Like, that's that's awesome. Yeah, so we have Jedi. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to take me a while to figure this out. Not Jedi Fallen Survivor. Jedi Survivor is going to be out 2023. It's going to be only on next-gen systems. So now's the time to start saving up for that Xbox uh, Series S or X, <laughs> or if you can finally get your hands on a PlayStation 5, but it will be on PC as well. So... There you go. It's going to take full control of all the <laughs> next-gen hardware. Yeah. Damn, um, I, I guess there, I, guess I got to get go a PS5 go. now. Yeah, well, here's, like I said, there's only a couple games we're getting a PS5 for. Star Wars, Spider-Man, and uh, NCAA when it comes back out. Yeah. There yeah, you, you, you might have waited long enough for like all the big heavy hitters to come out to play now. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, speaking <laughs> of just random announcement drops that didn't have panels associated with them. We have a brand new Star Wars animated series that's set in the High Republic that got announced. Um, and I did watch it's interesting. They didn't have a panel for this, but they had the creators on the live stream at one point on day two. It's going to be called The Young Jedi Adventures. Um, mm. Bear in mind this is going to be a preschooler aimed show. Um, they said it's going to be not only on Disney Plus but it's also going to be airing on Disney Junior. Um, they did spend a good amount of time saying hey look you know it's it's general audience is going to be that preschooler but we have this created kind of like pixar where it's like anybody could really like enjoy it. like parents yeah. are going to be bored watching their kids watching a, a stupid show like this is actually going to have some meat to the bones there's going to be a lot of easter eggs where if you're a hardcore star wars fan you're going to be like huh uh, it's apparently going to have yoda featured in it because this is in the high republic so it's you know yoda's still around back then so he's going to play a pivotal role it's going to be a lot of planet hopping um going to the outer rim going to the different outposts all that stuff that's already been established in the high republic war so far uh, but it's also going to be a very unique look of animation they said it's going to be CGI animation, but it's going to have a uh, more stylized um, kind of look to it. Almost like like a lot of the people that worked on this have worked on, on the original Aladdin, the original Lion King. So there's 
They're gonna make this like really cinematic from what they said. They're gonna use like brush strokes and stuff So it's gonna look way different from what they said um, From what I could gather it looks, it's gonna look way different than the Bad Batch way different than Clone Wars and Tales of the Jedi Which I'll get into in a little bit um, So yeah, I mean it's just again this is coming out in spring of 2023 So probably about a year or so from now we're gonna start seeing this pop up so again, just more Star Wars on a weekly basis. So, and it's High Republic. So I'm very, very excited that we're we're breaking out of publishing um, and getting more into that. Plus, we got the Acolyte coming up for live action. So this thing's gonna literally hit on all levels, all levels now. That's all you guys. I, I mean, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I don't sound very interested in the show. Like, not yeah, saying it can't I... be good. I mean, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll do a, a really good job for the kids and for the families. It's just if you say preschool aged or yep. kindergarten age, all right, I'm out. I mean, it's no yeah, no disrespect. It's just yep. not. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah I gotcha. Me, I I would say, um, I would say I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Milton. I'm just gonna. I pretty much will probably just watch whatever highlights like if Yoda's in it or something. Yeah. Like maybe maybe something like that. Like yeah. I'll 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 watch that. But I I can say I really don't have much interest in this show personally. Okay. But yeah, yeah. other than just other than just you know putting more Star Wars on screen, right. like that's that is great. But I don't, I just don't have interest in it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and the main thing, right, is if it, if the storytelling techniques. If this yep. is gonna be like one-off adventures every single episode, like that could get yep. kind of tiring fast. But if there is like an actual story arc for characters, an actual through line of a overall arcing story, then it could maybe be worth the watch. They said that there's you know characters i mean they said yoda but i'm, I'm hoping that it connects to some some things from the books and maybe some characters they've our chris yeah. our man all those guys show up or something like that but yeah i mean comparing it to the stuff on on youtube kids channel like i checked out of that stuff a while ago i know it's like every couple months they they say oh we have this galaxy of creatures show or we have this or that and mm -hmm. it's like okay that that definitely i it's not doing anything for me but Hey, I mean, I'll watch. I'll watch the first episode. Honestly, I'll probably watch them all just because it's High Republic, and I'm already sold on that that area of the timeline. But hey, it's something more to watch for. And especially they said for this is going to be that gateway, like for my my nephew, because um, they said specifically they wanted to create something that is like the the first steps for a kid to watch Star Wars, right? right. So this could be something I could I could show my my three year old nephew, like hey. You want to get into Star Wars? Well, this is just for you. And then, oh, yeah, we have the original trilogy, the prequels, sequels, and that's what gets them in in the door. So right, right, right. that that's cool there. Um, so Friday there was also the Light and Magic panel, which is the behind the scenes ILM stuff. We had Lawrence Kasdan, we had Ron Howard. I wasn't in the room for that. That was in one of the satellite galaxy stage rooms. Um, Dennis Murin, Phil, T all those like those guys that were responsible for creating Star Wars. So it was really cool, just. Like hearing the behind the scenes stories of them, they're promoting Light and Magic as an upcoming uh, Disney Plus docu series that's coming out actually on my birthday, July twenty seventh. Um, I think it's like six episodes or something like that. So, uh, yeah, once basically uh, Kenobi's over, we're gonna just keep rolling into content from here on to the end of the year. But yeah, they shared some really funny stories about how like ILM were like the Mavericks of the story making, movie making career at that point because. These guys were just like a bunch of college buddies, like in their twenties, just like, oh yeah, we'll get to that eventually. And like George Lucas shows up, and they're like dropping refrigerators off of forklifts, and like he's showing up with like the head of Fox, and they like look at these bunch of like, you know, kids just basically messing with his money, and they're like, okay, yeah. you know. And then they actually said at that point, they're like, 
but we were actually recording audio. Like, but they thought they were just messing around. So it was, it was really cool to like see like these pioneers just like talk about how they paved the way. And, and I'm looking forward to that series because it's all done by Lawrence Kasdan, as we know, who wrote Empire Strikes Back. So somebody that's involved with Star Wars interviewing other people that were responsible for Star Wars. So I got a kick out of that. I was hoping for maybe like, oh, you know, we got these creators that worked on Solo. Maybe it'll be like Solo too. But, you know, that, that was asking for too much at that point. <laughs> Yeah, this this sounds interesting. I mean, look, I think anything behind the scenes, I've always been fascinated with. You guys know I love the documentaries for Star Wars. I love the movie making process in general. So when it's like when it's Dennis, Doug, you know, um, who's the head guy who did um, who created Photoshop? Who's over there? Um, or not Photoshop? Oh, I know who you're uh, talking about. Oh my he, God! You he, know exactly he created Rogue about. One. Yeah, he was the concept behind that. That guy, I forget his name. But all those guys, you know, Ralph McQuarrie, God rest his soul, if he was around, you know, like hearing their stories about their impact on filmmaking today, I, I, would, I would sit down. John Noel, there we go. I'd eat it up the whole way because I love hearing about how they came up with new techniques and how everything was so new. And we wouldn't get th – think about this. We wouldn't have Marvel and DC movies the way they are today without Industrial Light and Magic, without Star yep. Wars. Star Wars really has paved the way – for comic book genre to take a page off the book to put it on a screen for us. Like we wouldn't have that without the without the foundations and roots of what they did with just a new hope. That that's what they were yeah. talking about in, in, in the reels they were showing. Like there's plenty of Marvel stuff, Jurassic Park, like bringing a freaking dinosaur yeah. to real life, like the T-Rex in the original, like all that stuff came from ILM. You just don't realize it half the time, but like Harry Potter, like every one of those exactly. tentpole series Pixar, uses ILM. Yeah, Pixar. Yeah, Pixar yeah. was a, yeah. another ILM crew. Well, yeah, I guess to be ILM creation, you know, yeah. Pixar. People forget that Pixar was George Lucas's thing, you yeah. know. So yeah. And, 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 oh yeah. And let, yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Oh yeah. I mean, I was just gonna say uh, real quick. Yeah, like pretty much all the points you make, Milton. Like you know, you're you uh you pretty much have the same views on it like as we do. Like you know, we love this behind the scenes stuff. It's it's all really great. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, as you even mentioned, Chris as well like you know jurassic um their impact on jurassic park like that was one of the biggest things you know spielberg's talked about with jurassic park was like you know for getting that first t-rex and brontosaurus and those things um like that was the breakthrough at ilm that made those movies work and without ilm you know those movies don't work and you know it's funny we're talking about that because just here in a couple weeks you know the basically the final movie you know the big movie is coming out with all the original cast, you know, mm -hmm. into the next Jurassic Park movie. So it's like, it's crazy to see that, um, you know, ILM's touch has touched so many different things. And, you know, now there's this franchise that's been around for literally 30 years, having their, what, fifth or sixth movie coming out in a couple weeks because of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, and, and here's the thing I love, and I'm talking, you know, I've been to a lot of panels where they revealed trailers for things coming out but it's great like you were talking about milton you like those um two weeks ago you love you love the panels where the actors are just talking about their experiences yeah. with different things so again like i liked learning about how these people conceptualized star wars like what what was going through their mindset for for pioneering something that didn't exist before the techniques they use different cameras all that i you know this six episode docu series is gonna is gonna be awesome um speaking Absolutely. of 
Yeah, speaking of behind-the-scenes stuff, I got a chance to be in the room for the 20th anniversary panel of the Tactical Clones. Ben, I know you watched it live. Um, that was awesome. So um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the Phantom Menace 20th anniversary panel because I talked about that before. It just didn't have enough bang, you know. But this one started off with almost like a feel of the Django and Boba Fett show because it was Tamora Morrison, it was Daniel Logan, and you could tell like how much of a relationship these two built up. They're both from New Zealand, um, and and basically like he was like a father to Daniel Logan. <coughs> Tamora Morrison was like basically he called him dad. <laughs> you know he was like he, they really had a tight bond, and it was just great to see them going back and forth. And then with about twenty minutes left in the panel, they brought out two seats, and then Anakin, Hayden, and Yoon walked out. And I was getting nervous because I was like those guys are here. Why aren't they on this panel? And they surprised us, and, and they brought them out. And, man, oh, man, like, like Hayden Christensen got a standing ovation in front of, like, 5,000 people. We were just going off the wall. Like, it, it was awesome uh, to see him really, like, shining in, in the limelight from all those years of being cast down and, you know, everything else that happened to him. But it was just great seeing those two talk. And, and again, them too. Like, they were basically brothers. They worked for years together, like, nonstop between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. So they brought, they literally built, like, a real-life brotherhood just like the characters, you know? No doubt. And here's the thing. I haven't even watched that part of the panel yet. I need to. Um, like, so there are things I still need to get to. But I, I actually low-key appreciate Attack of the Clones. I know people always say that's, like, the weakest of, like, the prequels or the weakest of Star Wars. Honestly, when that movie's on TV, I stop and always watch it. I don't know, but it always pulls me in. And I think it's just an appreciation for, like, what that movie really is. It's actually a really good story, you know, in my opinion. And I'm glad that they actually are showing great appreciation at this 20th year panel. So I'm going to go back and check it out again. Anything when it comes to you and McGregor or Hayden Christian on a panel or on a stage talking, I'm going to watch it. So I'm, I'm already, I'm already invested. Yeah. Oh yeah. There I, you com- go. I, I, I completely agree with you on that Milton. Like I think, um, attack, I think attack the clones is one of the most underrated star Wars movies just because of the. I think the story is good. I think, there was just too much of a stigma build up around the movie over the years of like, Oh, Anakin's cringy lines or, Oh, that sort of stuff. Like there are cringy lines. Don't get me wrong. They're 100% are, but still like, you know, I can look around that for the different story beats, like the Obi-Wan detective story. Like all of that is great in my opinion. Absolutely. So like, so like I completely agree with you. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, the fans gave such a big reaction and it, and you know, as you alluded to Chris, like it's great seeing, um, Hayden gets so much love after he was basically like bullied and ridiculed for years and years and years um, for his portrayal of Anakin and now it's like everybody loves him and everybody's so hyped he's back in Kenobi and all this stuff and you know it's it's great seeing um, you know seeing that response from the fandom and of course you know just to, um, to end off like Tamara Morrison like anytime he talks like I just feel like he you know he just has that presence whenever he's talking like on stage or behind the scenes or anything like I feel like he always like when he's talking like your eyes are on him when he's talking out of like a group of people like that are on screen oh yeah oh yeah um speaking of keeping your eyes glued on the screen um something that I was I was glued on was the Star Wars Hunters game and (laughs) 
it was on the floor. You could play it, and I I put. I told the person I want to play it on the Switch, and they I don't know if they didn't have the Switch, but they threw me onto the to, to one of the phones, and it was, it was cool, it was fine, but I think I could be playing it a lot more proficiently with like a Switch controller. Um, so it, you know, it it's gonna be a game, and I'll play it, but I don't know how long I'll play it. Uh, but it looked pretty good. It performed pretty good. I played one of the the, the Sith, the Sith character. Uh, I was gonna call her Reva, but I know it's like something close <laughs> with, to that name. Um, so anyway, yeah, and I went to the panel for that, and they didn't really talk a lot about the controls. They just talked about, you know, creating the creating the the, the backstory, the story for the game. The story is canon. It's you know after Return of the Jedi, you know things are getting started up with the Mandalorian in that era of crime and stuff, and they have this place out in the outer rim where there's an arena and people are going to spend money and gamble and all this kind of thing and they have different like areas of the map so you have like a uh they try to model after like real life events so you have like the hoth battle then you have endor then you have like a little tatooine thing so yeah it's pretty cool um they still didn't give us a release date so who knows when that's coming out um going over to saturday this was an awesome thing that happened and don't worry, for everybody at home, I'm actually currently working on cutting the video for this because I literally was like, I got to get video of everything in this place. So during the first panel on Friday, Jon Favreau, when he was talking about The Mandalorian, was like, oh, yeah, I, I also brought like every prop from the show and it's here right now. And you guys can go to like one of these buildings and just like take your time and look through everything. And it is staggeringly staggering. I don't. I don't know if there's any other videos on YouTube right now that you can see, but I'm certainly going to have mine uploaded in, in a day or two. Um, they had, like, actual miniature props, like the Naboo Starfighter, yeah. but then they had, like, actual full-to-scale, like, things that they are, you know, photography. Like, they had an entire cockpit of the Razor Crest with, like, a stand-in Mandalorian in the cockpit with all working buttons, with all, like, lights, LEDs, everything full glass like it was incredible uh they had like the full size head of a rancor they had That's an crazy. entire they had an entire naboo starfighter from book of boba fett just sitting there in the middle of this building with a grogu like inside like tapping on the glass i was like what is life right now they had an actual bantha just like like moving its head making noise they had like a breakdown of the prosthetics for Cad Bane. So they had like his teeth and it was extrapolated. So it looked like something you would see in like a museum with like like the organs and stuff of a human, but it was just like all, all mechanical cybernetic stuff. They had like the full scale dark trooper, a full scale, literally every character you've ever seen in the show, John Favreau and Filoni brought it to this freaking place. And was like, at one point, he's like, oh, yeah, don't don't actually touch anything because we got to bring these back in, in one piece because you could literally like touch this stuff if you want. Like there was no like barriers. You could just like go up. Not that I was going to touch crazy. anything, but it was like yeah. they had actually like they had all the swoop bikes from Book of Buffett. Like all the bikes were just sitting there, including Cobb Vance, like freaking um, Anakin's pod racer engine. I was like. But I was like, I, my mind was blown. So it was amazing. It was definitely, I think that's probably the best thing I've seen at Celebration. Um, and the good thing is, like I said, they didn't care that I brought my camera in. So I was just recording every little bit. Right now, the cut is over five minutes of me just looking at every little thing. Um, so so super pumped for you guys to for you guys to see that on the channel um, later later this weekend here. I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait, dude. Oh, yeah. Same here. 
Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, going over Saturday. Going over Saturday. We're getting we're getting kind of near the end at this point. Believe it or not, we're doing pretty good on time. I think. Um. But <laughs> this this one could be a while. Um. So we got this Star Wars Tales of the Jedi. We were speculating. They didn't tell us anything. They were like, "Oh, we have a Tales of the Jedi panel headed by Dave Filoni on Saturday." I was like, "Hmm, what could this be?" So Tales of the Jedi is a concept um, created by Dave Filoni when he was basically bored. Um, as if this guy doesn't have enough stuff on his plate between live action and animation, he was saying his idea sprung from his like long airplane travel from like L.A. to wherever else he's going. He'd be on the plane and he would just like create stories of like one-off adventures of certain Jedi. Um, so right now, as it stands, we don't know if we're going to get more episodes. There's six episodes he created. Three of them are going to be at about Ahsoka Tano. Three of them are going to be about a young Count Dooku before he turns to the dark side. Um, these are separate one-off adventures. They're not really coordinated with one another. Um, they're created with like the same... I'm guessing it's a, it looks exactly like it. So it's, it's got to be the same team that does the animation for Bad Batch. Um, it looks awesome. They showed us the first episode. I don't know if it's the first episode. They showed us an episode. Um, which I would say was almost about the length of a Bad Batch. I mean, I don't know. I didn't sit there and time it, but um, the first episode was really neat. It's all about Ahsoka as an infant and how she basically, her, her mother, it's all about her mother too. And they're like with all their Togruten people. And they basically, she gets stolen by a creature and uses like the force as an infant to like calm the creature. And then the seer of their people say basically, Ahsoka is Jedi, and then that's basically how the episode ends. So, like, each one of these adventures is going to be, like, a big moment in the character's life. They did show us a trailer that, you know, gave us other looks of different episodes. Like, we have an Ahsoka episode with Anakin, and I remember, year, like, months back, we got confirmation that Matt Lanner was recording more animation, um, different things. They have an, an entire episode, looks like the Clone Wars. They have Obi-Wan in there, Mace Windu in there, they have... Anakin in there, Ahsoka with troopers. It's crazy. And then it blows my mind that they're doing a Count Dooku with a blue lightsaber. Count Dooku, not only that, they're getting Qui-Gon Jinn back in action. Qui-Gon Jinn voiced by Liam Neeson and his son. It's a Qui-Gon that doesn't have a beard. Nope. It's crazy. Um, and there's like a Sith character in there or something. It blew my mind and I'm, I'm it, it kind of sucks because they didn't release any of this to the public. Uh, you guys could probably find a video somewhere to watch it, like off somebody's cell phone. But um, I'm sure they'll <laughs> release it. D23 is coming up at the end of, at the end of the summer, um, so I would assume that they're going to release maybe more stuff there. But based off what I just said, I'll throw it over to you, uh, Ben, first. What, what what's your initial impressions about all this? Um, I'm I'm super excited. I mean, you know. The, the whole idea, you know, I figured Dave Filoni being involved, we get something Ahsoka related just because that's Dave's character. Um, so that was no surprise. But the big surprise for me was Count Dooku and Qui-Gon. I think, you know, that's something fans have been wanting in terms of like on-screen presence. And that's what we're finally getting. So that's great. And then the fact that Liam Neeson's involved, that is like a major plus. Because anytime you hear Qui-Gon, it's like you want it to be Liam Neeson, especially because... I mean, gosh, the guy still looks, sounds like Qui-Gon. Like, you know, just him doing the voice is going to be incredible. And then uh, another little fun fact. I'm not sure if you saw it, Chris, but did you see who is playing Ahsoka's mom? Oh, yeah. Iden Versier herself, yep, yep. Janina Kavankar, yep. was on stage. And, and it, was, it yep. was a blast. She was really excited. She even got, like, kind of emotional, yep. actually, on stage at one point. Yep. 
Because yep. it's like, so oh man, was... all, all this responsibility. Like, like Ahsoka is such a beloved character, and now she's playing um, the mother that you know translates all the, you know, because the mother right. taught her a lot of lessons. It, it, it was a really so. If I can go into a little bit more detail, if you really don't want to know anything about this short, just maybe <laughs> fast forward like two minutes. But what I liked about the short, because they are shorts, by the way is it felt more like a tone poem. And even Dave Poloni was saying this. He said a lot of what George Lucas did in Star Wars was like create tone poems. So there wasn't a lot of dialogue at all. Um, but there's this really profound moment that happens in this episode they showed us where, you know, the mo mother of Ahsoka takes her out on the hunt. And they're going to hunt. She's going to hunt like this big animal. And she shoots the animal. It's like this deer-like creature. And it wounds the animal. And she purposely, like, wants Ahsoka to see life and death. So even though Ahsoka's literally an infant, like in a little like baby, in like a Grogu carrying case thing on the mother's chest, like she takes out a knife and literally like stab. They don't show it happening, but you know what happens. She takes the knife and kills the animal when it's in pain, when it's wounded. And she shows like Ahsoka how important it is to realize that like there's life and death and, and how to how to live with that. So. You know, there's not a lot of dialogue, but actions speak louder than words in a lot of these things. And for me, that was like really beautiful. It's like showing how that is, you know, at such a young age, Ahsoka's learning these life lessons. No, it's, it sounds very fascinating. Um, I mean, anything Dave Filoni does, I'll be interested in watching. I'm curious to see the uh, Dooku, what they're going to do with him. I mean, how they're going to show these shorts and just what what's... What what are they trying to establish with this character at a younger age? So I'm curious to see what they're trying to do with that character. Yeah, Duke. Uh, um, it's funny because you know how how you know Dave Filoni plays so coy all the time with the audience whenever he's talking, and like he's always like like teasing us and everything, because <laughs> he was saying like, oh, I showed you guys like the really happy episode. He's like. You guys don't know what you're waiting for when it comes to Dooku. Like, it's going to be really dark. He's like, it's going to be way right. darker than you would expect. So I'm like, it's interesting because they, they already have the audio drama that Cavan Scott wrote, um, which I love. It's, just, it's a great story about how Dooku just, like, leaves the Jedi Order. Um, so I don't know uh, how that's going to tie in or not. But, yeah, I'm very curious um, that there's pre-Phantom Menace stories where we're starting to branch out a lot more now. So, oh, I yeah. mean, yeah, go ahead, Ben. Oh, yeah, I was going to say just um, real quick, just, you know, the fact we're getting more pre-Phantom Menace stories, I like that around that time period because, you know, we just haven't really got that. Like, not not saying, like, you know, of course, High Republic's a few hundred years, but, you know, shortly before Phantom Menace, like 5, 10, 20 years, like, that's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, and just talking about the show overall before we move on. Now, with Dave Filoni so caught up in productions of live action and animation, I mean, he's the spearhead. But before this whole Tales of the Jedi, I would I love the format of this, and I hope that it can continue. I know he's busy. I don't know if he's gonna do more of these because all we know is we have six episodes. Um, but I mean, they could just go on with this for years and years and years. And there doesn't ever have to be a stopping point because there's no set in stone like, oh, it's the Clone Wars. It has to eventually catch up to something. They can Mace Windu. They could do something on Obi-Wan as a youngling or something like they could just keep going and going and going. So hopefully enough people watch this and make enough noise about this to like let this be a, a yearly annual thing. We get like maybe three to six episodes per year, you know. Yeah, because the the animation looked 
absolutely incredible. The animation, like the whole thing's done. They're just waiting to, to release it in fall at this point. Um, so there, there you have it. We have another Star Wars anticipated series for me coming out. Um, moving on, more from Saturday. This was another panel I wasn't in. They had the Mando Plus panel. Um, they talked a lot about Ahsoka. Apparently, they dropped the teaser trailer. Yep. I don't know if you've seen the teaser trailer, Ben, because it leaked online. Um, but the main thing that I've seen coming out of this that will concern most people is Sabine Wren is officially confirmed to be played by Natasha Lou Bordizo. Um, and this show, as we probably already assumed, is coming out next year. Yep. Yeah, I saw, I saw the trailer. Um, you know, as soon as the Ahsoka panel was happening, I was just refreshing Twitter. And, uh, of course, you know, it, it leaked. And, like, that's another thing, too. I just wish Star Wars would, um, even just after Celebration, like, they should have just this week just dropped those trailers they, they released. Because, to me, it's, like, it's better marketing just to drop them yourself than let it be a, a cell phone video, you know? Um, but the trailer, yeah, the trailer looked good. It basically just showed, it was only, like, maybe a minute long. It showed... Um, a couple just like standard like exterior shots of like environments and stuff and it looked like it was like, kind of like exotic type planets type deal like you know jungly looking um, and then you know there's a shot of like Ahsoka where she's just kind of like turning her head and like looking at something and then at the um, you know one portion of the trailer you see like Ahsoka and um, you can see like Sabine walking oh. up and then you can see you can see just wow. like like you can just kind of basically see like the butt, I guess you would say, of which presumably is Hera. It's another okay. woman walking, like walking, and it looks like they're walking up into the ghost. And that's pretty oh. much, uh, yeah, that that's pretty much what it was. Um, and you and like Ahsoka, you know, it's like Ahsoka standing in the foreground. Then it's like Sabine more, and then you see um, like a woman walking up into the ghost. So it's like, yeah, basically. Uh, you know, you could tell, especially the way the shots look, they, I mean, given it's a cell phone video, but the way the shots look, you can tell it's very, very, very early production, which adds up because they only started shooting like three weeks ago. So, um, so yeah, that was really cool seeing that. And then like the end of the trailer, they showed like a mural thing, um, like an animated mural of like the Rebels characters. Like it showed like mm. a picture of Hera. It showed a picture of Hera, a picture of Ezra, you know, a picture of Sabine picture of ahsoka you know it was kind of like paying homage to those rebels characters and that was that was pretty much the trailer it was it was really good and then uh the fact that um the actress playing sabine it was great her little interview she did with it was either vanity fair they retweeted the clip or i'm in hollywood reporter whatever um they uh she said she he she got the she got the role like it was like a year year and a half ago Damn. which is interesting so so to me, um, you know, that's, it's crazy. You know, she's been Sabine for that long. And she was talking about how, she, you know, like as all the Star Wars actors do, like, you know, how she said to keep it secret around so many people uh, when it comes to that sort of stuff. And yeah, yeah it was just, it, it was just really good news. And now we have, now we have Sabine in live action. Yeah, I, I'm thinking maybe they, they hired her so early. Maybe she appears in Mando season three first, which is coming out in February. You know, maybe because why else would you hire somebody so early on? It's like a, it seems like they're going to have her in there first and be like, hey, Ahsoka and Sabine, you're going to go off and do their adventure to find Thrawn and tune in for a couple months from now. We can watch her in our own series. I don't know. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I, I I didn't get to watch the trailer. I didn't see it. But again, I'm, I'm looking forward to Ahsoka. This is my said my 
it's going to be a dope shit. There's no way it could be bad. There's no way. Just saying. That's, that's all I got to say. It, it should be good. Yep. So moving on to the last day, we had Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2. So I got to see a quick clip of about a two, three minutes. That it's got a new, um, new, newly uh, uniformed and changed uh, Omega. She's got finally. Uh, we kept complaining about this through the whole first season. Like, you're being wanted by the Empire. Why are you still wearing a Camino outfit? Like, come on here. So it's nice to see her with like a tactical suit and having this cool hat, and it looks beautiful. They're on this like tropical planet by the water it's like the pacific it looks like it's just very nice idealistic kind of environment and they're i don't know exactly what the point is but it was just to show us a little action sequence of like this these indigenous creatures on this island place and chasing omega and you you see all the characters at least for a little bit so i mean there's not much to break down from that although we did get two different trailers we got one trailer at celebration which featured commander cody Commander Cody, which is funny because we the people at home got the different trailer, which is shorter. It doesn't have Commander Cody at all. So, you know, I guess they're just throwing something to the celebration crowd like, hey, we know you love Commander Cody. Here you go. Um, but the other big splash that happened in both of the trailers is we're getting more Jedi action in the dark times. We're getting a character from the Clone Wars Younglings arc, none other than the Wookiee Gunji back in Star Wars. So what did to say about that, Milton? Um, look, I, I, I'm, I'm ready for the show to come out. I'm just, Bad Batch was weird for me last year. We talked about how it was very up and down for us. Mm -hmm. So I love the premiere. Middle of the show was getting weird. I, I just, I don't trust this show. Like I, for what I saw in the footage, it looked action packed. Yep. Looks like they're going to do something. But that can be all deceiving. <laughs> so, like, I'm hoping they're just consistent this year in their season and just stop giving us, like, these weird gaps where, like, they do something. I ain't been you with it all the time. Like, we would go hang out with uh, – who was that person that was hiring them? Uh, Sid. Oh, Sid. Sid is it's back, like, too. I've seen her in the trailer. And I saw that. I'm like, back. why is she even in this? I'm like, whatever. But I, I don't know. I just feel like they're going to do that weird stuff. But I'm like, okay. I, I, I like the action what I saw. I just – I, this show, I, I gotta just watch it. I'm not. I'm gonna try not to be. I'm gonna try not to be negative right now. I'm gonna watch the show for sure with you guys. You know that. <laughs> I just hope it's consistent. That's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, I mean, that's that. That's that's the most important thing is consistency. Because remember when we finished the season last year, we were all like, yeah, this was kind of like a, a seven and nine, six and ten type season in terms yeah. of like you know sports talk. It was like, eh, it was okay wasn't wasn't anything special and you know that's the important thing with bad batch because just to be honest like we we basically got fooled on the first season from the trailer you know it made us all so hyped yeah. and then the, then going remember, remember that the premiere was really really good the first like two yep. episodes oh, yeah. i was like oh okay yeah. the show can be nice well well the epitome of all that was you know me i'm i'm the 3 a.m star wars person here and the epitome <laughs> of all that Going into like the four, I believe it was the 14th. Yeah, it was the 14th episode. I remember it specifically. So going into it, you know, the titles had leaked. The title was infested. And my, my, my best friend was like, dude, don't stay up. It's going to be bugs. I'm telling you. And I'm like, no, it, uh -huh. it, it has to be. It has to be something related to the clones and Order 66 and stuff. And 
And within the first 10 minutes of that episode, they're like, we have creatures underground and they're, they're they literally look like bugs. And I was like, are you oh, kidding man. me? And like, mm. and like, see, that's, that's the summary of Bad Batch right there. It's like, get your hopes up and then we give you bugs. So it's just, I hope season two is better. And it's just, it's just a wait and see game. And I want to see, you know, just realistically, like, you know, jokes aside about it, I want to see if they carry on certain threads because they, they talked about Boba several times. And I want to see if they address the Boba Omega um, sibling, sibling ship, I guess you would say, and see if that's addressed because that was talked about several times throughout season one. And you know, that that's a hanging thread. So it'll just, uh, yeah, it's just a wait and see game when it comes to that show, honestly. Yeah, um, the main thing I want to see is that fallout of Mount Tantus, which was crazy enough in its own yep. right because it was never clear until you read the concept art. People that I know said, "Oh, I knew it right away." I, mean, I didn't know, but uh, Mount Tantus, whatever that that Palpatine hidden facility that the Camino Inn goes to with the clone commandos, I'm like, that's what I'm looking forward to. That's the only saving grace I have with the show, or maybe not the only saving grace. I, I still want to see where Bad Batch ends up, but it's like that connective tissue that's going to add some more flavor to maybe this Thrawn storyline that we get in Mando. I think that's going to be super fascinating. So, yeah. uh, and here's the funny part. I just realized this today. So I was on Disney Plus, scrolling through. I see a banner for Bad Batch saying it's out on September 28th. I believe that's the date, September 28th, right, Ben? Mm. Yep. So at the panel, which didn't even happen a week ago... <laughs> They're like, it's coming out in fall. And now they have a specific <laughs> release date. So I'm like, okay. Well, now we know what to plan for. Um, so that'll be that'll be cool because we'll have Andor coming out a couple weeks before that. Plus this. I think plus She-Hulk at the same time, maybe even. So it's going to be like, for us here, especially at the, at the Outer Rim Transmission podcast, it's going to be a busy couple weeks there. Talking about two Star Wars things. That I, I don't know if they're going to branch them out. Maybe they'll be like, okay, we're going to move all animation to Fridays and all live action and keep it on Wednesdays or something like that. I think that would be the smart play for them, especially as we have like three or four things out the same day. But who knows? It's Disney. Who knows what they're going to do? Yeah, I mean, everyone, the people will watch it. it, it yeah, matter. no matter we'll, what. We'll watch the stuff, yeah. So the last big thing out of uh, official reveals for on-screen type of content is Star Wars Visions had a panel on Sunday. And as we might have expected, we got a season two. Really excited for that because we all loved uh, Star Wars Visions. Now, I loved most of it. You know, I wasn't a big fan of the Twins episode, as you all know, because I'm not a huge Dragon Ball guy. (laughs) But uh but this is the exciting thing, guys. So it's coming out very soon in spring 2023. Well, I say soon, but hey, it's within a year, I guess, at this point. But the cool thing, unlike the first season, they are expanding to the entire world. So we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have animation styles, of course, from Japan, but also from India, the UK, Ireland, Spain, Chile, France, South Africa, and California. It's like holy crap! This is gonna be cool, man, because all these different animation styles. I'm not sure if the Japan studios are going to be the same studios we've seen or if they're going to be able to continue because I would really like to see the next iteration of The Ninth Jedi. The way that left off with the, with the world building and all that was was fantastic. But it's great to see like this. I mean, I don't want to like throw any shade at the creators, but this almost like experimental kind of thing that Lucasfilm did to have so much success to warrant a second season is always is always a happy thing to to know about and to be like hey these creators are are they're on to something because they were because i as somebody who does not like 
I wouldn't say doesn't like, but never gravitated toward um, traditional Japanese animation. Now I'm kind of sold on the idea of, hey, I'm, I'm ready and I'm open to seeing other uh, nations type of animation styles. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was successful because they're hitting a different market that let love Star Wars too. I mean, now, you know, like just because some, just because it's Star Wars is an American property, quote unquote, like people love it in India, they love it in Chile, they love it in Brazil, you know, and for them to get their own spin on it and to say, hey, this is us now too, we're a part of Star Wars officially. That's why it's successful, and you know, Visions. Honestly, I think we all didn't have much expectation for it, which is why I think we loved it. You know, and the storytelling was so good. I think that's what what really drew drew us into that show. I mean, even that little droid episode, pretty much like the Mega Man episode, that was such yeah, that was such strong storytelling. Where I'm like, wow, I feel for that little boy. Pretty much, he was Pinocchio, you know, but as as a robot Jedi, fire, (laughs) you know, like that. That's one of my favorite episodes. Like Mm -hmm. I go back and watch it all the time because it's such because it's such a strong story. Like it makes you. And it has a lot of life lessons with it, you know. Like it's a boy trying to connect with his surrogate father, you know, That's... and and want, wanting to be a real boy. And you know, we've seen this before in, in storytelling. And it's like, as, as as men here, we all want to have that connection with our father figures in our lives. You know, we want to pass on that legacy that our fathers or father figures have instilled in us. Definitely, definitely. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, real quick, because um, this is kind of funny. I just realized. This. Milton, um, we're both wearing like a wrecker kind of shirt. I know your shirt says wreck on it. And I literally have like wreckers. I love this shirt. It's from Celebration and it's going to be backwards, but it says wreckers gym. And it has like established on Ord Mantel from like, let me stand up a little. Established on Ord Mantel with the little logo. Oh, that nice. says thir- 32 BBY. So I'm like, okay, I guess they're going back to the birth of wrecker or something, but. Um, yeah. Anyway, I had to pick up this shirt. I was like, this is too good, man. <laughs> That's tight. Oh, this is actually yeah, that is uh, pretty sweet. This is a wrestling t shirt. This is a wrestling one. It's uh Roman Reigns, I think. Yeah, wreck everyone and leave. So nice. I, nice. all I do is wear wrestling t shirts when I'm not like working. Yep. Yep, yep. So yeah, of course I picked up um that that was basically my recap of everything with celebration. I picked up uh, not as much as you would expect. I didn't actually pick up a single action figure, which is crazy because I was I was looking at a, a lot of them. But I was so busy that the last day is when I actually went around and I shopped and I bought some things, just mainly T-shirts and different things. Um, but you know, as far as the whole trip, just kind of recapping it, loved it. Of course, why wouldn't I? I'm around a lot of my friends. Um, like I said, I met a lot of people from the channel. Steven Schinder, who guested on our, our channel a while back, we collaborated on a quick little trailer reaction. I was with Matthew from the Iron Cannon recapping a lot of these panels. Um, buddies from the Star Wars Underworld, uh, the guy Din from F-105, I got them to all go on mic. I did a lot of like interview-style type of videos, which, again, I'm still working on. I probably have like five to eight videos focused on California and, and celebration in general, which are I'm rolling out over the next week. Um, but then I got to attend like Disneyland after dark with the star Wars night, which was freaking incredible, literally setting probably the record for the most lightsabers ignited it in the same area because we literally had thousands of lightsabers underneath the millennium Falcon, which was like the most surreal thing. I'm just like looking at the real Falcon, just like, Holy crap. What is, what is life right now? Right. So, um, had a lot of fun there. Went to like a punk show that was like star Wars themed. Um, 
where everybody was like in costume, just like with a DJ, just playing all of our early 2000s stuff like Green Day and Good Charlotte and New Found Glory, like all those good like pop punk kind of bands were playing and everybody was having a blast with Darth Vader on the stage and Boba Fett and Stormtrooper was dancing. So um, as you would expect, uh, craziness ensued, but um, I'm looking forward to London next year. Um, next celebration's happening in April, so it's literally less than a year. So I already looked up plane tickets, so... I already told a bunch of people I'm going, so I guess there's no way to back out at this point. So <laughs> we're going to see my passport I had already applied for weeks ago. So I'm already one step ahead um, of the game there on that one. Um, and it doesn't look as as pricey as I thought it could be. So um, keeping my fingers crossed that, that I'll be there. Um, and maybe some of the other guys will, um, both in the chat and, and, and listening and everything else, um, will maybe join me over there across the pond for the first time. Yeah, I, I I think that's cool that they're making it, you know, an international event like that, um, you know, just to spread it to the fans and, you know, give people from other countries and other areas to be able to uh, attend it. Yeah, I mean, they've had it in in London, I think, in 2016. And then yeah. I think they had it in Germany in like 2013 or 2014. Um, so it's, it's like you said, like those poor people, they have to like travel, like for instance, the people that went to California from UK, I know a couple of people did that. It was like a 12 hour flight or some crazy nonsense like that. So it's like, wow. Um, so for me, it's about a seven hour flight from New Jersey. So I mean, the, 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 the trip to California is about a five hour trip. So I got to stay on the plane for another couple hours, but, um, if it's anything like going there, I'll just finish an entire book on the way. I, I finished re rereading my read through of The Hobbit in, in uh, preparation for the Lord of the Rings series. I want to try to get through all those. But anyway, that was Celebration. And in a normal show, this would be the entire show. But uh, we're about halfway through the show for tonight. And we still have to talk about three episodes of a brand new Star Wars live action series starring Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor. Or I should say that the other way around. Um so anyway, we're going to jump in, and I don't know how we want to tackle this, because we we're going to just talk about the show in general, because we have three episodes to talk about. Um, obviously, next week, the week after, and the week after that, we'll talk about each episode as it comes out on a weekly basis. Um, I'm going to throw over to Milton, because I know you're probably the most excited about, through all of us, about this show, and how about how this show, it's really going to make or break a lot of the Disney Plus stuff for you, if I'm correct, um, with, with with understanding what you were talking about last time we talked about this. So uh, real quick, we're halfway through. I think we have a good idea of what we're getting ourselves into. So with halfway through the series, what are you feeling um, when it comes to Obi-Wan right now, Melon? Love it. I, I love this show. I, I I don't really have many complaints about it, except for just how the fans have been acting lately. Just we'll get into that. I'll conclude that at the end of my spiel of when, this episode. But um and I apologize for the sound in the background. I guess my town is off the chain today <laughs> with the sirens. But um, anyway, so I love this show. You know, I Ewan McGregor can do no wrong in my book. And, and, and I might be a Mark or a fanboy at this point, but I don't even care because he is Obi-Wan to me. I know Alec Guinness was the original Obi-Wan in the original trilogy. And I clearly respect that. And I love that actor. I love him and everything he's done. But Ewan McGregor has officially established himself as Obi-Wan Kenobi, in my opinion, because he embodies not only young Obi-Wan from the prequels, but he's embodying now Alec Guinness, like the in-between. And you can see so much of that Ben Kenobi-isms in his character. And he's not even fully Ben Kenobi yet, mm -hmm. quote-unquote. You know, and it's like, 
man, Ewan McGregor did his homework. He's really, he's really getting into the psyche of what a broken man he's been over the last 10 years post losing his best friend, who he thought he killed, losing his best friend's baby mom, and losing the, 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 the Republic. And most importantly, losing his entire identity as a man and as a person mm-hmm. by the Jedi falling. So, like, so for him to sit there and not be as confident in his ability to rescue, quote unquote, spoiler, young Leia, or just to, you know, take 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 a stand against the Empire is like I'm not surprised. And I love how they're portraying his character. I lo- I I was an asshole at first about how uh, how. Um, the Inquisitor would look Grand, Grand, Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> I just want to say I was wrong for that. After seeing him in those yeah. first two episodes, I was pleased with what he looked like and how he was portrayed. I was like, okay, you know what, Deborah Chow? I was wrong. I'm take that L like a man. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love Reva. I, I love her character. And for all those weirdos out there who's disrespectful to Moses Ingram because, one, she's a woman – Two, she's a black woman, and two, her character's just different, and and what and what and what you don't like, go go f yourselves because she's doing a really good job with this character, you know. Are the things about this show that I don't like? Wouldn't say I don't like. I have some issue with, but they're not bad. It's just part of the show. Not every show's gonna be perfect. There, I I love Arrow, but the things I like about Arrow that I don't like, but I still like the show, you know. So miss me with that BS about how. This is woke culture, or the direction ain't great, or they don't like how Obi Wan's not not confident yet. It's like, come on, guys, it's storytelling. It yep. makes sense for how the story is. So overall, I love what I'm seeing with the first three epi- three episodes. Vader was off the hook in episode three. Like, like I legit, <laughs> when I was working out on Wednesday and I watched that episode at four thirty in the morning on the on the treadmill, I grabbed my neck when he snapped old boy's neck. I was like, oh my god, like, he just killed that guy. Like, it was nothing. Like, they made Vader scary. They, like, legit, Vader was scary in this episode. Like, yeah. I, I can't even, like, just even how he, I know I'm talking a lot, but I don't even care. Even though how, like, they prepared him with the suit and to see Hayden's eyes, how angry he was, I'm like, yeah, we never got this Vader before. Like, like he he's definitely a guy that's really upset and really wants to just wreck, like my shirt says, wreck everyone and leave. That's what he wanted to do. And, that, and, and, that, and that, that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. Like, he's going to do that throughout the next three episodes, and I can't wait. Overall, I love this show. I, I have no problems with it for the most part. Nate Picky stuff, we'll get into that later, but I overall like what I'm seeing. So thank you, Star Wars, for giving me something that I actually can embrace. Wow. I I could I could just feel the passion, man, come rolling yep. off of you. It, that was that was so good. Yeah. Um and like and, and yeah. I and I haven't and I haven't really said much to you guys in a chat about it. Like I think no. I said the first day, like the, how how dope the first couple minutes was, but then I purposely haven't said much because I wanted to talk about it here because this is what we needed. This is the Star Wars that we yep. needed. If you're gonna tell if you're gonna tell stories about characters that we love, do it this way. Because I yeah, it works for me. Yeah, yeah. So I love and, – and we didn't get the – okay, so being fully transparent, I actually seen the world premiere of this with everybody. Uh, there was a red carpet. There, there was like only a certain amount of people let in. Um, 
All thanks to Erin Daly. She's commonly in our chat. She's there right now. Her friend didn't want to go for some reason. Um, so she gave me her wristband, her friend's wristband. So we both went in there along with my friend Matthew um, from the Ion Can uh, Cannon podcast. Um, we all went there. They gave us some water, soda, popcorn. Ewan McGregor came out on stage with uh, Deborah Ch uh, uh, Deborah Chow. And it just like talked for like 10 minutes about everything that how this has been building up, how fans have been wanting it for years. So like everybody was so excited in that freaking stadium. They showed both episodes. It was awesome watching with everybody. Then like the whole cast came out, including like the actress for Leia and all of them like came out, you know, stood around for pictures for, for a few minutes. Then then we all left. But um, just, you know, my my mood and everything with this series was I think Ben you told me this ahead of time like oh yeah there's people saying this is like Logan uh, slash the Joker yep. for the Star Wars universe and I could totally see that because I get it like people are like oh it's kind of slow it's it's doing then and that's the purpose of it though because with a story yeah. like this you gotta it's what I like about it is it's so character driven it's very much a very uh, a Star Wars drama that we've never seen before on this level. Um, it's artistically done, and like Milton, you said, it's not perfect. There, there's a couple gripes I do have with it, which we'll get into. Um, they did not show us, and what I was going at, they did not show us the recap at this at the actual viewing. They didn't show us the recap, but they have a beautiful recap. I was watching this with my mother the other day, and 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 I was like, oh, this is perfect for her because she hasn't watched those movies in 20 years. <laughs> so they just perfectly encapsulate the adventures that Obi Wan and Anakin went on up until what happens. And it really feels like, and even the way they started the first episode a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, they have never done that with anything else on Disney+. Plus. So for right. me, this feels almost like episode 3.5 with the magnitude of the storytelling, the cinematography, and everything being so heavily used from the prequels. This feels like the after, it is the aftermath, everything that has happened, um, you're getting to see... I love this format of storytelling where it's a long form of storytelling. You can't get this in a two-hour movie. I'm happy that they decided exactly. to not do a, a movie and, and break this up into six hour par uh, six parts because we're getting those things like Padme and how Obi-Wan's feeling about that. And and just to see the performance of Ewan McGregor, and now I feel like I'm taking over the whole show here, so I'll let you talk, Ben. Uh, last thing I'll say is just like the performance by Ewan McGregor, that down and defeated um, Jedi who feels who is he feels he's so responsible for many right. different things as, as you put it Milton uh, yeah I love it so far I'll throw he, it over to the band he's experiencing trauma like it's trauma you know so so for all those and look I, I work in for those who don't know me I work for my local government here our county government I work in child welfare so I deal with a lot of parents and adults and kids that experience trauma okay I I see this in Obi-Wan. He experienced a significant trauma that he still is dealing with for 10 years that he hasn't dealt with properly yet. He even says it. He's like, I'm not the same man. He's not who he is because he hasn't handled it yet. He hasn't, he hasn't faced his trauma and worked through the problems. It makes sense why he's like this. So, And I'm sorry to interrupt, Ben, but this is like mm -hmm. I wish people to understand. Like, Go back and study how trauma affects not just kids, how it affects men. You know, mental health is such a significant thing in our country now. Mm -hmm. um, like, just I love how the show is diving into that. Oh yeah, this show, this show, uh, it's it's done a really good job on that. I mean, before I dive into my point though, 
I would like to point out. I mean, I don't. I don't like to say I'm. I was right or anything, <laughs> but I, I. I was right. I mean, I, I was. I was. I was definitely. The, I was definitely in the minority shouting about. I think the Grand Inquisitor is going to be just fine when we get yeah. to seeing him in person, and here we are. So, woo. How no, you were like, and I, I, I think I told, I think I might have mentioned that to you guys. I was like, yeah, I was yeah. wrong. Like he looks good. So I, yeah. I remember telling my brother this. I said, like, yeah, I was, I'm pleased with him. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm just playing with you, but uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, now the fifth brother on the other hand is awesome. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I see a tweet about that today. Absolutely, like I see a lot of people dogging on the fifth brother. I, I love his just the way Sun Kang, because that's Sun yeah. Kang. If no, if you guys didn't know, but I yeah, love on. the way. Um, Yep, the way they make his voice, um, the way he does his voice. I just, I love that character. Yeah, the voice. Yep, I, I think he's portrayed really well. Um, but uh, to get to like the meat, meat of the conversation, yeah, I think the, I think the entire show is so good so far. Like it's, it's exactly what, like if you logistically sit down and think about what could Obi Wan be doing, like we're not going to get six straight episodes of him and Vader hacking lightsabers. Exactly. Like if you thought, if, if you thought that coming into the show, you're just trying to be too much of a fan film fanboy person, like, because that is not how storytelling works. And that's not how it works for Obi-Wan in the place that he was at, at this point in time. So, um, you know, I love the, the direction they're going with the story, um, for, you know, like you mentioned, Milton, the, the mental, uh, health space, like, I guess you would say Ewan or um, Obi-Wan's in at this point. And, you know, I, I've loved his character so far. Like, it's felt like he stepped back into the character more. But right. I feel like I feel like his acting actually is much better than the prequels just because, you know, he like say what you want about George. Like, George isn't the best director of actors by any means. And, I think, and, and so, I, I think I think he would tell you that, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like Deborah and Deborah Chow definitely is um, directing them very well. And on top of it, Ewan's just a more experienced actor by now. So exactly, you know, he, his acting's improved a ton. Um, I've I've loved the Inquisitors so far. I feel like I feel like with Riva that um, you know because that's the character everybody keeps focusing on. And I feel like with her character, we'll get into the fan stuff later. But I feel like with her character. You know, people people were worried about her and things like that. To me, she is fitting just like, not to say she's just another villain, but she's fitting the, the, the amount of screen time a normal villain would get. She's fitting the amount of dialogue, the amount of action. Like, it's not over the top. She's not taking over the show. So right. to me, she's she's fitting what, say, you know, a villain of like a show would be. Like, her, her character's fitting that role pretty well. Um, and now, you know, especially going into the third episode, you know, her conversation with Vader, like she's worried about like basically becoming the Grand Inquisitor next. And, uh, you know, her whole conversation with him was great with Vader. And then, uh, yeah, so I, I've enjoyed her character a lot. Fifth brother, of course. Vader, like you said, Milton was incredible. Like, Ugh. like, like just knowing Vader's intent, like, you know, when he's having that first conversation, he's like. He's like the Grand Inquisitor doesn't matter, third sister. You know we only exactly. care about Kenobi, and you know, Va you know when he hears hears about Kenobi, it's like game on. And then you know when he went into that town, you knew you knew stuff was going to go down. Like you, you knew that was you knew something was happening. And the fact that he was in there like choking people, the one kid was screaming, "Dad!" I don't know yes. if you guys caught that, but the no. yeah. the kid was screaming, "Dad!" Yeah, just... the kid was screaming, "Dad!" 
Oh wow, it's dark. It, it just snapped his yeah. neck. Like, I, like oh, honestly, I, like, like that's why I was like, wait a minute. He's just honestly. Imagine us, like, like, like sitting there hanging out. Vader's walking down the street. No, so we're so, all looking. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. looking. We're looking. Oh God, Vader, what's Vader gonna do? And all of a sudden. We have he having a spot that just rips us out of our house like it's nothing. I'm like, yeah. bro, I didn't do nothing. Like, well, why are you joking me? Yeah. I don't want. Oh well, well, that see, and, and the best part about it is, I saw some people discussing the sequence. Like, oh wait, Vader's just doing this out of nowhere. But I'm thinking, like, people go back He's to the very first. Well, the very first line of the series, the Grand Inquisitor opens Episode One by saying the Jedi yes. can't help themselves; they hunt themselves, yes. and that's yep. exactly. That's exactly what Vader was doing. He was drawing Kenobi out. As yeah. soon as he stepped in that into that area, he was like, "Oh, I know he's here. Now let me just let me just draw him out because I know he can't resist." Yeah, um, exactly. So I thought that was I thought that was great. And then to me, you know, of course, Vader's been phenomenal. I love the Inquisitors, of course, Ewan. But to me, the standout of the series by a mile is Kid Leia. Like I think her character has done so well. Like. The, the young the young girl that's playing her literally it reminds me of Carrie Fisher like I there's no other way to put it she reminds me of Carrie Fisher and it is wild like her mannerisms the way she talks the way she you know the way she her um, remarks back to Kenobi and and the best part is like you know they're showing her gain more experience um in terms of like seeing adult examples like tall the uh the 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 uh, the woman that rescues Obi Wan, you know, right. at the end, um, she, you know, Leia's seeing like, you know, that's probably her first like older, like say woman in combat because she's always lived this sheltered life with the Organas. Mm -hmm. So now she's seeing like, you know, an older inspiration, like a female inspiration, which is cool. So which is going to play into Leia's character more down the line. So like, I'd love to see that. But also, I'd love to see like, you know, they also kept it real where it's not like she's full-grown adult Leia. Like, she's still a naive kid. She's like, oh, no, come on, let's go hop in this truck with this Imperial guy. So, like, I, I am, I'm really liking the Leia character and where they're heading with her. And, you know, of course, we're I'm excited to see what they do with her in the next episode, like, to see her conversation she's going to be having since, you know, she got captured at the end. So, uh, yeah, overall, I just think this series has been excellent. Like, I have zero complaints. The only... The only issues I've had with the show so far, I feel like the music is very weak. In my opinion, I don't yeah, think I, yeah, I, I don't I, I, I'm honestly really disappointed by the music because I just I, I don't know. Again, this is like Star Wars fans having expectations. But we talked about it. We we're like, man, you know, Natalie Holt being like 39 years old. I was like, maybe, you know, sh she talked about the prequels. So maybe we have more beats of that. And then like yeah. even even Obi-Wan's theme from like John Williams it hasn't been very recognizable to me. Like yeah. it hasn't like stuck out, which yeah, is kind I'm... of disappointing. And like, other than the music, um, I really don't have any issues. Some of the cinematography has been really weird. weird. On some of the, it's been, yeah. it's, like, really? I just, like I what? Just, I, the, to the, me, I, I don't get it. I, this part, I don't get that. Yeah. So all the, See, all, the only, only part I had with the cinematography was whenever they showed the couple wide shots with Vader and, uh, yep. Obi Wan, like I could, it was it was lit weird, and yeah. I'm thinking, wait, why would they go wide shot here? Like they they could have kept it tight. Um, I didn't like yep. that look, and like just some some of the, some of it's a little too dark at times. But again, that's just me being like, uh, but yeah. it's not bad. I like look, I, I'm not a filmmaker, so who, why am I even talking yeah. shit? But I'm just saying yeah. like it's it's good. 
Like, it's, it's not trash, clearly. Mm-hmm. Again, like, this show ain't trash. Like, there's just a little things here and there. Because actually, someone tried to say that the directing's bad. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's not bad. No. Like, this no, show is very well paced. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's 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 very well paced. I just think, I like like you said, to me, I don't think many of the direct the directing bad. I, I don't think the writings or the story's bad. Nothing, to me, the only negatives, honestly, are just the music and... Like you said, the cinematography, some of the shots of Vader are just are just weird looking. Then again, it does fall back on the fact this show is getting shot in the volume. So, right. you know, they have limitations, which it's it's this. This is where we get to. I got to, to a discussion with one of my um, um, friends about this. This is where we get into the area of Star Wars fans. We're going to have to get used to what Star Wars on TV looks like because this is where we're like, oh man, this is why we miss the theaters because this would be a bigger, like grand scale type deal. Right. So, um, you know, that that's where it comes into play for that sort of stuff. But like for me, there really wasn't any negatives about these, about these first three episodes, honestly, like between, you know, the story, the action, the characters, um, like the heroic moments, like the, the, the Leia moments, like those type of things have all been really good. And then, oh, we didn't even touch on it. I mean, opening the series with Order 66, like, mm, I thought that was fire. excellent, excellent to set the tone. And if you notice, there is a, um, a young African-American girl and there. So it's, I would say it's like a 90 percent chance that's Reva. Like, why else would you do that? Um, I agree. And and uh, yeah, like, I think I think the show uh, is definitely heading in a really good direction. And, you know, just uh yeah, it's been really good. And then, like, one more uh, quick thing, too, Chris. Like, I I don't know about you guys, but, man, like, me watching it at 3 in the morning, like, I literally about, like, cringed. Like, I could just feel it. Like, when Vader dragged Obi-Wan across that fire thing, like, yeah. I literally yeah. just, like, felt felt my arm going, oh, man, that, that has got to hurt, like, Dude, I'm not even kidding. I, I I think I dropped a lot of f bombs during that scene because I was mother. F, I'm like, yo, that's mother effing crazy. I was like, yo, Vader gonna yeah. wreck, old boy. Like yep. that that scene that scene was brutal. Like it, I did not expect that. Oh, it, yeah. did, did not did not expect him to do that. Um, I mean, overall for me, when it comes to any type of negatives, though, it's just yeah, the, the music isn't the greatest yet, but I think we'll get it will get better because I think as the beats start like ramping up and we get more like that heavy action because i know we're supposed to get like a epic duel eventually i think we'll get the music that we're looking for um or we'll get more of that more of that feel of like prequel stuff so that's my only complaint for that some of the leia stuff love her character i love her spunk i love her interactions with bail just that running away stuff she does is kind of goofy because my thing is though you like someone kidnapped you obi-wan's trying to save you He's shown that he can be trusted, and you're trying to pull this weird stuff. Like, episode two, when she did that running in the city, I was like, come on, like, chill out. You know what I'm saying? And then I think that's it. And the cinematography stuff, does little stuff. But, again, it's not bad. Like, I do – I love this show. I, I, I'm, and here's the thing. The show is rewatchable. That is a sign of a really good show. I legit watched episode one with my brother just this past weekend because he didn't see it. Then I went back and watched episode two <laughs> the next day. Then I'm going to probably rewatch three tomorrow or Sunday because this show is very much rewatchable. 
Oh yeah, I've seen uh, the first two episodes like three times now. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I do want to go and give credit where credit is obviously due to the young actress that plays Leia. Her name is Vivian Lyra Blair. Um, she's only 10 years old. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I know my girlfriend was saying, you know, she's like stealing the show. And I kind of am with her because... Yeah. The, the the quality of acting that this 10-year-old has is unbelievable. The way really that good. Ben was saying as she was yeah. delivering the lines, you could see uh, uh, her evolving into Leia with her, like, bossy attitude, the way she's talking to the cousin in that first episode, like, saying, uh, you know, you're just pretending to, like, say these things, but you don't even know what they mean. And just, like, being courageous and being brave and... You know, sharing sharing that those those moments with with her adopted father, Bail Organa, and bringing up those topics yeah. of like, hey, you're you're adopted, but you're a family. Like that was stuff that yeah. was never hinted at at all in all of Star Wars, at least not in right. any of the movies or anything. So to so to actually like take a light and shine it on that that whole detail was something that I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah. then also, well, and, like, and, yeah. And Chris, before, before you get into that, that's what I loved about this show, too, because, again, it's peek behind the curtain. I, I'm, I'm adopted. So for, for him to sit there and say, hey, you know what? You are just as loved, you know, and you're part of this family. And someday people are going to look to you to be to lead this place like that. That was amazing for him to reinforce, like, it don't matter where you come from. You don't have to look like us or have the same blood to be part of this family. You know, so I related to that a lot i'm thinking that that's that's real life you know like that's i mean my parents and i've had that similar conversation when i was younger you know and it's like yeah you know even though i'm adopted by your family like you're not like you're part of this group no nothing's going to change that so it's nice to see that they put that type of real life conversation into a fantasy yeah i mean go ahead ben oh oh for sure like you you love seeing those type of real life conversations because you know that's where us as star wars fans and viewers can sit down and like relate and connect to these characters and like oh they have those type of real world um potential like say psychological issues of like oh man i'm i'm adopted like what if my family's not supporting me you know etc etc like you know because because that's like a trope that's in movies and stuff like oh the adopted kid is like the you know like the the redhead, redheaded stepchild, or whatever you know, right. it's, it's like that whole that whole deal. So like, it's cool that they like address that with uh, Leia and like really made that a uh, a scene with her. And then just like another um, highlight conversation of that actress, her whole back and forth with Obi Wan was awesome on on Mapalooza or whatever the planet was called. <laughs> um, like that that whole planet literally, or that whole conversation yeah. was so good. When she was like, "Oh, you know, what about my mother?" Yeah. And like, you know, he and, yeah. he and he was like, and he was like, "Oh, I would, you know, when he when uh, when she asked him, are you my father?" And he's like, "I wish I was." Like, and mm-hmm. it's great because like, you know, that's you know, and that was killing Obi Wan saying that because like, you know, he could see how great of like a leader Leia could potentially become, you know, because he's seeing basically a young Padme. Facts. Like, that's that's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and talking about a show, and I would just get some flack sometimes from people. They're like, "Oh, I don't want to hear a prequel story. I want to, I want to go forward in the timeline because, oh, I know, yep. I already know what happens, like the fates of these characters. Even though I know the fates of Obi Wan, even though I know the fates of Leia, like 
I'd be kidding myself if I if at one moment I was like, oh my gosh, are they gonna die? Like they they sell those moments so well. Like you're you're afraid for the characters, even though you know their fates, and that's that's the sign of a good director, good storytelling, um, just the way that the t tension's built up. That whole sequence on the tr speeder truck and the stormtroopers mm. come up, and Obi Wan, he's like out of his element. He's obviously like not right in the head sometimes because he's forgetting some simple things multiple times in these episodes, making mistakes, and you know using the wrong name instead of the fake name, and then. Like, the stormtroopers are on him, and then the probe droid's on him, and then we see Vader on him later on in the episode. Like, they do such a great job of ratcheting up this drama for characters that we already know what happens to them. So I, I gotta applaud Lucasfilm for that, because I'm on the edge of my seat. And it's 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 a, it's a sign of good, good TV storytelling, or good storytelling in general. I agree, 100%. You know, and again, I, I think it makes sense... You know, for, for why Obi-Wan's acting the way he's acting over these three episodes, it makes sense how things are progressing. You know, like, it's funny because one of the complaints I keep seeing about is, oh, the, the lightsaber duel was kind of trash. Really? It was very much like the sequel. I've heard it. Oh, yeah. You know. That's why I stay off of Twitter, honestly. I ain't going to lie. Like, <laughs> but anyways, but it's like the sequel or the, the lightsaber battle was like just a modern version of the sequel trilogy. And it's like, wait a minute, guys. He's not even where he needs to be yet yeah. as a Jedi. He, he's he's going to tap back into that. He, he they they pretty much tell you this when Bale says that you need to become the man you need to be then if you're going to save my daughter. He says that. You know he's yep. going to be yeah. like that in episode episode six. He's going to have a Rocky montage yep. moment where he's going to sit there and say, "Okay, I'm going to wreck Darth Vader now. I'm going to do what I got to do and become Obi Wan of Revenge of the Sith." And we're going to see it. That's why Kathleen promised us. She said. Mm -hmm. Y'all gonna get a duel of the century, so I cannot wait for this. Oh, Just, for sure, Milton. Yeah, like you, I mean, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with that. Like, yeah, and that is that is the discourse going around online, Chris. Like, people are criticizing that scene, and I'm and I'm like, people, we gotta remember when it comes to this sequence. Like, Obi Wan hasn't been using his lightsaber. He hasn't been using the Force. He's definitely rusty in terms of like even yeah. hand to hand combat. And Vader, let's be real. Vader was probably fighting him at like forty percent. Like if Vader would have went hundred percent, Obi Wan would have been dead in a flash. Probably, dead, yeah. Like, like, like realistically, if Obi Wan didn't have plot armor, he would have been dead before he even thought about it. Um, so like, you know, that whole sequence with Obi Wan, I think, was so fitting for his character. And you know, he wasn't igniting his lightsaber just to fight Vader. He was literally scared. Like, and yeah. and it was for and and it was foreshadowed. It was really, really foreshadowed that he had fear because when he was talking to Leia, when Leia asked him, what's the force like? And he's like, Oh, it's a light when you're scared in the darkness. And it's like, that's what was basically foreshadowed and represented in that scene with Vader and Obi-Wan. And, you know, he just kept running because he was so weak. And then like, like even Vader, Vader literally is like the audience talking to him. Like he literally says, what have you become? Or like, or he basically yeah. was implying like, you know, like, so like, you know, I'm sure that's another thing with Vader, too. Like, at the end, you know, people would criticize the ending. Like, oh, Vader could have just put out the fire or whatever. But I'm sure Vader was looking at him like, what is this? Like, because, the, you know, you know, Milton, it's like it's like in wrestling. Like, if you have this great matchup build up and then one guy then one guy has like two broken legs and you go to fight. It's like, wait, hold on. This isn't the fight I was promised. And you know, in right. Vader's mind, he was thinking he was going to have a revenge of the Sith style, like boom, 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 yep. battle with Obi-Wan yeah. and defeat him. And then he was like, 
what is this weak old man? Like it doesn't it doesn't make he any even sense. He says to it. Me. He's like he's like he's like you, the, he's like the time has made you weak. Like he mm-hmm. calls yeah. him out on it. You know, yeah. and like and honestly, we all know Vader. And this is the thing about some fans. I don't, if they use their heads honestly, and I guarantee you, all the people in the chat know what I'm about to say here. We know <laughs> Vader was playing around with him the whole time. Vader yeah, was yeah. messing with him the whole time. Because Vader could have, like you said, he could have easily wrecked him at oh, any point. Yeah. And for him to sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to just dump these rocks out, light them on fire, and just drag him in it. That That's such a slow burn. He even uh-huh. says, like, now you know what it feels like, pretty much. Yep. Like He's like, I'm, I'm salty because you burned my body, so I'm going to do the same thing to you. I'm going to make you suffer mm-hmm. like you made me suffer. Yeah. He says the line, you... This is what you made me, so I'm gonna do the same thing to you. So if you if you are one of those weirdo fans out there, a small pocket of you, being yep. weird and saying, "Oh, this fight was stupid," or Vader was playing around, of course he's going to. He's been waiting for ten years. He don't want it to end like that. He wants to say he wants to save for this moment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then one of the best parts too, before the fight even started, I loved Obi Wan. Like he was so worried. He literally yeah. was like, he's coming, he's coming, master. Like, he's trying to talk to Qui-Gon, and Qui-Gon's like, sorry, uh... not talking to you right now. Yeah, he literally says he's coming, master. So, like, Obi-Wan, like, to me, him, like, even trying to reach out to Qui-Gon, you know, it's not even, he's reaching out in fear, and, like, it's almost like he's, like, reverting back to being a younger, scared Padawan, and he fought exactly. like a younger, scared Padawan. That's exactly, he wasn't a Jedi even knight at that point in that fight. Like, he literally just looked like, pathetic basically yeah. i mean i mean for more all intents and purposes that's what he looked like and it just uh I, I think it was a really good defining moment for obi-wan and i think the way you know like people can't look at that fight and judge it and be like oh my gosh because it's like come on guys do you really think with three episodes left and the finale like do you really think they're not gonna fight again like exactly. like really um so it's just like it's like just stop to me, I think there's too much overreacting because people, you know, they pick up their phones and they're like live tweeting by the second. So, you know, they're overreacting, overreacting, overreacting. It's like, just let it absorb for a little bit and think about it before you go like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is the worst thing ever. Like, exactly. I, I, I think and, and, it was and a once, great fight. I agree. And, and the moment they lit their sabers up, I even said to myself, I'm like, dude, there's nowhere they're going to be. This is not going to be epic. And I said, I'm okay with that because I want yeah. Vader to at least show Obi-Wan I'm in control the whole time. Like, I'm no longer... Uh, a, a Padawan. I'm no longer just a Jedi Knight that used to ro- roll with. I am the one in control, you know. And he he was. He showed it the whole time. And again, I'm okay with that because here's the thing. Let's be real here. If Obi Wan would have picked that lightsaber up and started wrecking Vader, we'd have been like, wait, that makes no sense. Like how? But he, he hasn't yeah. he hasn't he hasn't used that muscle, quote unquote, the Force in ten years. He hasn't used a saber. So how is he wrecking Vader? Oh oh, for sure, Milton. And then like you know um. You mentioned a point earlier, Chris, I liked a lot about, you know, the stakes of these characters. I don't know about you guys. Sure, we knew, obviously, these guys were going to survive the fight. But when when Vader got to, like, torching Obi-Wan, I was like, okay, wait a second. Like, this yeah. is making me a little, this is making me a little, a little nervous, nervous. Because, like, because, like, he could, like, how, like what are they going to do to Obi-Wan? Because, you know, he has plot armor, but still it's like, how far are they going to take this? Because, I mean, also in the back of my head, I was like, are they going to, like, potentially mortally wound him? Because, I mean, they already stabbed the Grand Inquisitor. So I was thinking, um, <laughs> what's what's going to happen here? Um, so, like, that's a... 
you know, that was something in the back of my head. And, like, they've done a really good job with the stakes of these characters. Like, even going back to, like, say, the first episode when Reva had the lights, Reva had the lightsaber to Owen. Like, that oh. was, like, okay. Like, whoa. Yeah, that was hold on. I love that scene. Like, yeah, that was good. And then even even in the truck with the stormtroopers, like, sure, they're just stormtroopers, but you could just feel the tension building, like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, they're about to get busted right here. So, like, all of these tension-building moments, um, and then especially peaking with Vader, like, like especially when Vader started hacking with his lightsaber, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, he's taking some hard swings at Obi-Wan. Like, like I'm just waiting for, like, a chop or something, like, just to swipe him. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a uh, that was a great fight, in my opinion, for the characters for where they were at exactly. in the time period. Yeah, I mean, going back to everything that has led up to that that moment and building up the tension yep. that we keep talking about and, and, and building up the stakes, um, I will also elaborate more on, on the pace. I know you mentioned it very quickly, Milton, but this show moves at an incredible rate, and it has to, right? Yeah. There's only six episodes. Uh, but that was something we kind of talked about with Book of Boba Fett. It was like, some of those episodes, like, let's get going here, whatever <coughs> what are we doing. Um, but I love how, like, episode one, we're on Tatooine. Episode two, we're on Dyer. Episode three, ah, I forget the name of this planet. Something with an M. Um, and it seems like, the, yeah. it seems like the next planet's going to be Jabim. And that's a whole nother concept. We, we, get, we definitely got to talk about it. I made a video on YouTube. Um about Quinlan Voss, about this whole thing called the path and about, we know there's a lot of Jedi that survived Order 66. And, and when that was first talked about, you know, in, in our world, we're like, oh, that's going to take away from Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker should be the last of the Jedi. But we're seeing firsthand from Kenobi, from Jedi Fallen Order, what it's like for a Jedi or a Padawan or any Force sensitive to live in that time period of the Inquisitors hunting you down, the Empire eradicating any... Uh, force user period that's not in their direct employment um, right so we're seeing sort of the underground railroad of the Jedi exactly. and it's so neat to see this character Tala who is incredible by the way I loved her in Game of Thrones playing the Sand Snake um, you know played by Indira Varma and seeing this character that is playing an Imperial officer again another moment it's like oh, Obi-Wan like he could die right here he can't die but like if he didn't have plot armor, he'd be dead. But then this lady survives, uh, you know, gets him, and, and they go down underground. And I love the idea of, like, these Jedi and these people helping the Jedi get new identities. And Quinlan Voss, like, if I, I think it's a pretty safe bet we're going to get him in live action because I said this before. It's like they don't mention somebody's name and don't eventually show them in some format. Um, you know, we got the guy uh, that's the, the son of, of Ice Cube, right? O'Shea Jackson. Jackson. You think he could play him? I mean, he's the only person we uh, maybe, haven't really but played. I heard, I heard that he's a, he's a different character. I heard he might be like like a bounty hunter or some type. Oh, okay. Cool, yeah, that's cool, cool. I mean, it, if, if he's Quinlan, that's fine. You know, but listen, I'll sign up and be Quinlan Voss. Let's go. Sign me up. <laughs> so get, get, get me get, get me a wig with dreadlocks. I'm all good. I, listen, I'm, I'm in shape now. I'll play a Jedi. Yeah, so they're 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 playing the long game here because in the Darth Vader comics that Charles Soule wrote in 2017, I want to say, um, there was a scene with the Inquisitors and they had a whole list of surviving Jedi. One of them was Quinlan Vos, and and I've been waiting for him to show up. I thought he might show up in Jedi Fallen Order, but it looks like we might get him in Kenobi. I, I mean, I haven't heard any leaks or any rumors. Uh, ben, don't 
don't you dare confirm or deny any of this, but um, <laughs> but I could say this I, is going to lead to very interesting things here because they're, they're going to go to Jabim. Quinlan Voss has been smuggling younglings and force sensitives for several years at this point, it seems like, and he's still around from the way that Tala talks about him. So, uh, I mean, I'm ready to see this uh, reunited because the way that the way that Ewan like says the the word Quinlan and how how he demonstrates that it there's like a fondness in his voice like like his right. good friend like oh Quinlan's around like like I feel so happy for Obi Wan it's like he has another Jedi that he can unite with you know somebody that he's worked with and and been close with as we've seen in the Clone Wars at all and I know there's a lot of fans out there that love the um, Dark Horse series that first made. George Lucas put Quinlan Voss into Star Wars a little bit more because they've seen all the hype that the fans were getting out of the character in the comics. So there's a chance we might see a badass Quinlan Voss kicking some Stormtrooper ass and maybe killing an Inquisitor or two coming up here. Yeah, that would be tight. Yeah, that, that, that would be really tight. I mean, I, I I like the character from Clone Wars. You know, he, that, what's the book he did when he went to go? Uh, he fell in love with old girl. Um, oh, oh my God. Baldy, you know what I'm talking about. He fell in love yeah. with Ventress. Ventress, that book, yeah. Dark Disciple, I love, I love excellent. That. Yeah, Dark Disciple, yeah. I love that book. So it'd be nice to see even Quinlan and just just how maybe he's heartbroken. He's like, listen, I get it. Like, you know, the Jedi's messed up, Empire's trash, but I, I lost the love of my life. So that that'd be kind of dope to just see maybe flesh him out for a bit or two. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, Quinlan would be would be awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to expect him to be O'Shea Jackson's character. Like you said, Milton, I, I, I can agree with you on that. Um, but the idea, I mean, there's definitely a chance of him potentially being there just because, like, just based on, I mean, not even talking leaks, any of that sort of stuff, whatever. Um, you know, when it comes to Quinlan, I mean, there's already been kind of, like, a setup for it because, like, you know, the conversation between Toll and Obi-Wan, like, you know, like you said, Chris, why would they mention it directly? Mention him directly? Like, oh, he's he's there. He or he's been there before, anyways. To Jabrim, you know, what? Like, why would you specifically choose that character? Unless you know, it could be just fan service, whatever. But why would you specifically do that and then go to that? You know, because we're we're going to that planet because Obi Wan's getting healed. I guess. I mean, I mean, I guess he's he's gonna have to be. So like, yeah. you know, it just it just makes potential sense um to me though it just it would make me nervous honestly though like i would love to see quinlan but on the other on the other hand when it comes to quinlan if he goes to if we go to jabrim and obi-wan's there and all these guys all these people are there it makes me nervous because like you know to me that like almost foreshadows like either like some of these jedi are going to maybe go with obi-wan to like help rescue leia wherever they wherever they take leia and, like, that makes me nervous because, like, say if Quinlan would go with Obi-Wan, like, you know he's getting waxed. Like, you know, so that, that's that's the only thing that makes me kind of, like, apprehensive. Like, oh, do I want Quinlan, like, in this show or another one of these shows potentially just because it's like, ah, oh, because if they introduce him and if he go like, if he would go on a mission with Obi-Wan, boom, I, I think he'd be toast. So just, uh, I don't know, it's a tricky, tricky situation, that's for sure with him but he, i mean he'd be an awesome character um the whole jabrim thing that that is one of the most interesting parts when it comes to this series just to see like who actually is on that planet like is it going to be potential jedi we know 
potential, or will it just be Force users like uh, Chirrut was in in uh, Rogue Rogue One, like you know, someone who you know, people who are Force sensitive, like barely Force sensitive, like stuff like that. Um, and then uh, you know, Obi Wan, he's gonna have to be healing on this planet somehow. So like, there's there's that like. You know, there's a lot of options they could go with these Force users on Jabrim. And, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know, I just think there's a lot of different story directions. Because we're going to have to go from Jabrim to eventually, you know, they're going to have to get Leia back somehow. It's just a matter of how. Yeah, um, I, I think what could happen in the next episode, we could start speculating stuff, too. Um, yeah. If it's anything like Boca Boba Fett, he's definitely going to have to go into a back-to-tank. We know what happens when you go into a back-to-tank. You get a lot of flashbacks. So, I mean, we kept hearing those rumors before. At least I heard them about, oh, there's going to be Clone Wars flashbacks. I think that next episode is going to be very Clone Wars flashback-heavy to, like, right. again, make the viewer really care. You know, not all of us have watched Clone Wars. Not all of us have seen Revenge of the Sith, like, 50 times. So... A lot of us are having read the expanded material to really know that brotherhood bond between Obi-Wan and Anakin. So I think they're going to maybe spend more time developing that close-knit brother relationship with a flashback as, like, Obi-Wan is in the back to, like, thinking back to, like, his friend Anakin before he came, became Darth Vader. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that'd be perfect, you know. And then, I mean, obviously we got a shot of Hayden in this episode, when he uh, was cloaked up in that delusion, oh, or that, cool. or that, you know, yeah. remember how he was walking and he thought he saw Hayden, which was dope, field. by the way. Yes, which was fire. It kind of looked like a like a Stephen King kind of like yeah. delusion type. I'm like, oh wait, that looks scary. I um, mean, you can definitely tell he was petrified, you know. So, um, yeah, I think this would be a perfect episode to bring in um, flashbacks, de-age the character slightly, give give us that Anakin look. From like the Clone Wars, we had like that shorter haircut, oh, and, yeah. maybe, and maybe he talk he talk about Ahsoka. Maybe he says, "Hey, you know, I wish Ahsoka was around." Like it'd be dope to hear Hayden say it as Anakin, say, "Hey, you know, I wonder how Ahsoka's doing on her mission or something like that." Just, just, just that'd be kind of dope. Ooh. I, I would oh, definitely yeah. fanboy. I, I would fanboy out if he says it, dead ass. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Like like you guys said, you know, we heard so many of the talks of the flashbacks and stuff. I feel like it's got to be. Well, it's got to be before the finale, so it's either in the fourth or fifth episode. It's got to be in the next two episodes, which I would presume probably probably the fourth, because, I mean, I don't think Obi-Wan's going to be healing for two episodes, you know? No. So um, so it's it's probably the fourth, I would I would say, maybe the fifth, but, but uh, yeah, he, he's got to be healing, or he's got to have the flashback, and it just mattered when, like, you know, like you guys said, maybe since we already know the back to tank thing, like from Boba, like maybe they're going to just start using that as like the trope in star Wars. Like, Hey, when a, when a main character goes into a back to tank, they're going to get a flashback. Oh. Um, so maybe that, so maybe that um, could be an introduction uh, to like, as a new trope for star Wars. Here's a wild one, even though it's like a, like a zero, zero, zero point oh 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 one percent chance. What if like, what if, what if Grogu's the one that heals him? Like, what if he's on the planet and this is like the dark times he experienced in that flashback, like mm. flat um, from Mando? Like, maybe, maybe. Actually, let me. Let me I, I don't know about that one, Ben. I think I think yeah. you're stretching that one a little bit. I think right. uh, that's that's too much interconnection. Yeah. I got got to got to Disney it up, man. Ben, but, Ben, this ain't, ben, this ain't, this ain't Avengers, bro. <laughs> hey, hey. 
<laughs> oh man, Avengers Assemble. But uh, yeah. but no, I, I I think it should be interesting to see. Uh, like you guys said, I I'm guessing it's probably just going to be like a back to tank. I don't think it'll be anything spectacular, but it'll probably be. I mean, I mean he's got to get the flashbacks and like the back to tank. If there's a back to tank, whatever whatever way he's getting healed, like there has to be a flashback coming. Here's the thing, and I asked Dark Dark, Dark Nerdy Gonzo in the chat because he was very excited about Jabin. Apparently, it's got some very big significance in Legends, and my theory could yep. prove correct because if he goes to Jabim, he could get some serious flashbacks because um, uh, in a chat, he's saying the history with that planet in Legends is the Clone Wars comics. There was a big war on the planet with the Republic in, and abandoning its citizens. Uh, they were abandoning with Obi-Wan getting captured and abused by the Separatists for three months while Anakin thinks he's dead. So he gets sent to work with a bunch of Padawans who lost their masters in the war. <laughs> Palpatine then calls Anakin back from the front lines of the war, which then caused a group of Padawans who went to work with them to be slaughtered. So, I mean, it's like Obi-Wan goes back to that planet. He has all these memories while he's healing of, like, all those dark times with with Anakin and all. I could see them, like, twisting that story, maybe obviously adapting it to be more closer in line with what could happen in live action or whatever, you know, how they go with the different mediums. But I think that could be a really good setup for, okay, this is why this flashback would be important right now because he's already been on this planet before. That's why that would also be spurring up in his mind. I don't know. I'm reaching right. maybe, but who knows? Uh, I, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, yeah, that was from legends. I forgot to bring that up earlier. Yeah. That, that I'm glad, um, I'm glad dark nerdy Gonzo mentioned that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be. I think I'm really interested to just, just to see the visuals of it, the you know how many people there are, and there's another point um, we missed to we didn't talk about yet about Jabrim, is Toll when she says they go there get new identities, and she literally acknowledges she doesn't know what happens after that. So I'm interested to see if they allude to what after that is like. Where are they going? Like, you know like how are they getting off planet etc cetera, etc cetera. like it'll be interesting to see um because i feel like we're gonna have a significant chunk of the episode on that planet well here's the interesting thing and and lucasfilm over the years have kind of introduced jedi but also between this and jedi phone given them a reason for them not to be in the forefront of the battle with luke um because of the sheer terror that the empire you know persists on them at all times um, you have characters like Cal Kessis, who just like Obi-Wan, literally forgets how to use the Force. That's the whole purpose of the game. Like, when you quote-unquote level up, you're just relearning how to use the Force again. Because for five years, just like Cal, or just like Obi-Wan, Cal was forgetting how to use the Force to blend in with society so he wouldn't get hurt. And just like the Inquisitor said, he went to help somebody. He's essentially hunting himself. When he went to help his friend with the Force falling down... That's when the probe droid found him, and that's when all the crazy <laughs> stuff happened from there on out. Um, so I could see like this whole path system um, is a way for the Jedi to hide, and the Jedi already know that there's no point of them fighting. I mean, you look at Obi Wan Kenobi; he's one of the most resolute like Jedi masters to ever been around, and even him, he can't stand the pressure. He can't stand the fight anymore. He doesn't want to fight. He says the fight is over. The time for the Jedi has ended, kind of like Luke Skywalker in, in The Last Jedi. So 
it makes more sense now that Lucasfilm is telling these more long-form stories, the psychology, uh, what is going on with, you know, their thought process of it's not even worth fighting anymore. And, and that's where you have Luke Skywalker come into play where he doesn't have the experience that these guys have went through at Order 66. He's fresh. He, he doesn't know these things. Hence why he's able to kind of rally up his own spirits to like fight the good fight sort of thing. So at least in my head canon, the way Lucasfilm is spinning these recent stories, it's making perfect sense why, even though there can be Jedi around, they're not really Jedi anymore. They let that that part of them die when Order 66 happened. Nah, Chris, I agree with you on that one for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I, it's... Uh, yeah, when, when it comes to them, like, see, that that's what makes me, like apprehensive like i wonder yeah like the quinlan Voss, like you know quinlan Voss or obi-wan like all these all these broken older jedi it just makes you wonder who could you potentially see i mean who knows we might just get like hey jedi master number two or whatever you know showing up and on jabrim or something like just just someone we've never heard of but they they were around during that time like maybe something like that happens um yeah it, it's gonna be it's gonna be really really interesting just to see how it plays out in terms of especially the dialogue i think on the between the um the characters just because you know obi-wan's going to be seeing these people uh basically having hope i guess you would say like you know getting new lives that sort of stuff and like he's like so broken and probably like half giving up since he just got whipped on by vader so you know it's going to be an interesting contrast to see like who knows maybe Hey, maybe there you go, Milton. There's your like Rocky montage moment. Maybe he gets like inspired by these people type deal. So, you know, that's what gets him kind of like fired up and, you know, he starts healing and then boom, like we get, right. we get into like the meat of it for the, um, the final like run, I guess you would say. How cool would it be if he fights Vader with the old clone armor? Wouldn't that be neat? Oh that be man, that would be sweet. He finds like some old Jedi general armor just lying around on Jabim because it's already been in battle, like a planet with a battle on it. So you can find like, oh, yeah, um, you're going to need all the help you can get. I'm going to have to wear this old armor again, you know, because right. I feel like right. they're going to have I feel like that the, the show could definitely conclude with them going to like the Fortress Inquisitorius where we've seen in this latest episode there. Because uh, we already seen in a trailer, there's like, you see Reva with her lightsaber out and there's like blaster fire, but you can't see from the angle of who's shooting. So I think they are going, this next episode is just going to be a lot of like world building stuff, a lot of characters we know. And then those last two episodes could be a pretty big battle. A lot of deaths on both sides. I mean, we never see that fourth sister again or whoever she is with the, uh, she's not a Twi'lek, but she has those head tail type of things. We don't see her again, yeah. so I, I I could say she's gonna scratch it off the board and maybe a couple <laughs> of Jedi. So, yeah. Now I'm look. So I'm I'm excited for the like next three episodes, and you know, I mean, I think there's been rumor that there might be a season two, quote unquote, but we'll see what happens. But um, I, I'm excited for how this show is progressing, and I can't wait for how how it ends. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it, it's gonna be an it's gonna be a fun final run. I mean got three it's crazy to say though in just a week it's crazy to say we're halfway through the season like that's just it's yeah. just wild to me to say that um but i think like you said chris i feel like we're gonna be having some some world building and then just like the fight i feel like the final two episodes episodes are gonna be like the big bangers um if you would say but 
one thing you know we didn't bring up either. I'm interested to see, like, what will the Inquisitors, well, Reva, Reva slash the Inquisitors be talking or whatever, you know, because you know they're going to have some type of dialogue with Leia, you'd assume anyways. Like, mm. it makes me wonder, like, what will they be saying to her? Like, do you know where Obi-Wan is? Like, like I don't know what, like, the conversation would be about, potentially. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I just hope that they, I guess it can't work in canon unless the Inquisitor dies by whatever reason, but, like, what happens if they find out she is Force-sensitive? That information has I, I don't, to die. I don't, I don't, I don't think them. they will. Honestly, I don't think they will. I think they'll keep that, they'll keep that off the table. Because I mean, that that's just that's stretching it too much. It's like, guys, don't put yourself in a bad position. <laughs> Honestly, like, just just keep it simple with Leia and Luke. Well, like, let, let people don't need to know about their powers. Like, they they can figure out some other stuff, but don't don't make them force sensitive yet. Like, just keep that. Oh, lit. oh man, I just thought of something, guys. Actually, um, so. Earlier today, you know, I mentioned to you both uh, before we got started, Joby Harold, the writer of this show, he didn't he did an interview with Vanity Fair, and they actually asked him about the uh, the state of the galaxy at the moment. All right, so you know, some of the people talking, or some of the discourse online was about how, you know, the Inquisitors are trying to like pull Reva back. You know, you got the Grand Inquisitor pulling her aside, saying, "What are you doing?" Yeah. You got the fifth fifth brother pulling her to the back alley, going, "Reva." calm down like you know blah 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 blah, like all this stuff you know and she and, and basically joby harold um he he just talked about it today he said you know she's basically you know kind of like the new inquisitor on the block yeah. like she's trying to do her own thing and the reason he said the reason the other inquisitors are not doing that is because right now we're only 10 years after the events of revenge of the sith so the galaxy still like the emperor is still needing the galaxy support for the empire. So, so, you know, basically the reason they don't have that all the other inquisitors going around hacking people is because of the fact, you know, the emperor still needs support. And, you know, basically, you know, if rumors would get out that he was sending the inquisitors just to go, you know, kill people randomly, then it would start losing planetary support and like his whole empire would fall apart. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, Joby talked about that and, the reason I bring this up, and this is um, something I mean that may give you guys ideas, like, what if when we go to the whole thing, like where the uh, wherever, uh, like say Reva takes Leia, what if the other Inquisitors are like, whoa, 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 uh, third sister, like we're now we're kidnapping a senator's daughter, like yeah. you know, it's it's basically that thing of like you know the Inquisitors are trying to stick with like the actual laws of the galaxy, and she's like, no, no, no. And, like, we might get a confrontation, potentially, between uh, Reva and the fifth brother, potentially, like, over this whole, the method, the methodology of this, of oh. taking a senator's daughter, if that, you know what I'm saying now, like. Yeah, yeah, because they, they've already said that. They're like, wait, you're going too far. And that's when he said, okay, you have to get off yep. this mission. Um, and, and I want to, I, I do want to mention a couple words about Reva, because I think she's a really cool character. Um, it's funny because I was watching this and in the second episode she does like all this really cool parkour <laughs> and then my mom was basically like oh she's like Batman and I was like you know what you're not wrong because she's got all the black she's got the cape it looks like Gotham because it's like all run down I was like she kind of is like Batman and then that third episode she's like Batman because she's like a really good detective she's looking at all the objects in the room she finds a switch I'm like yeah she's she's got cool motivations and she's a character that 
that has a mission, her a personal mission. Um, so again, I don't understand why people think she's such a one note well, character because I'm like, she's actually kind of like creative and she's unique. She's not just a cardboard cutout. She she has aspirations. We don't know exactly why, but but they're there right now, and, and I'm sure we'll find later. We have three episodes left. Well, um, I mean, I th- I feel like Milton might have been the one who watched the episode most recent um, out of all three of us. Well, so what I was thinking too, when it comes to Reba. An interesting thing, um, I saw a screenshot shared um, on a couple videos I was watching, and it's a good point. Like, I think she's eventually, you know, just based on the way the story's going, you know, I feel like she's going to have doubts about, like, you know, the Inquisitors. Because say if she was that youngling at the beginning of the um, beginning of the series, like, I feel like, like the events she's, like, going through and stuff could potentially lead her to maybe turning good because like she witnesses vader like torturing those people in the third episode basically and then there's there's a shot when she goes into the area where the um the jedi markings are Mm -hmm. like there's a shot of her face there's a shot of her face it is literally for like one thousand one thousand one second like she breaks her like evil character and she has like a really like sad look on her face and then she goes back to like looking like evil again Uh, so it's like she she broke that she broke and you know that's great acting by moses ingram because let's say if she does eventually start to turn like that's like foreshadowing like you know cracks in her character like she you know because if she was looking at those jedi markings like you know that's kind of like she was probably thinking about her past and you know and also she's probably like man the guy outside this building in darth vader he's the one that slaughtered all the people i used to be around like like that's not cool. So it's just really good acting, good subtleties and acting um, by Moses Ingram, because you know those are different things that people don't notice with actors. You know, just because they're just like quick little quirks. But I think that little facial expression for her could mean something in the long run, maybe. Yeah, we know from Jedi Fallen Order. At least I'm not saying every Inquisitor is indoctrinated, but it's a pretty bad kind of way that they go they get like tortured they get like subliminal messages like burned into their brains and it's just it's not not pretty what they go through so um now part of it can be like their own self-interest like they want to be that way but then some of them are literally just like tortured so maybe maybe that she sees that and it gives flashbacks in it it kind of breaks through the programming Maybe it's like because that's yeah. the thing with the first order troopers. The first order troopers are indoctrinated. They're subliminal messages. They like have a screen, and that's how they yeah. are. And Finn somehow breaks through that, whereas everybody else is the same. Uh, so yeah, let's just let's just break down our final thoughts. We'll um, we're gonna give individual scores for for the episodes coming up, but just for the first three episodes, uh, score out of ten. I'll start with Milton. Uh, final thoughts and. Uh, Let's let's try to give it a score if we can. I know it's yeah. three episodes since so it's usual, but right. Um, final thoughts about the show. As I mentioned, and I, I'm gonna just give a quick positive for it. I, I love this show. I, I really think it's really really good. Um, the direction's on point. The 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 pacing's on point. I love where this show is going. I think everything makes sense regarding character development for the characters, but whether it's Obi Wan, Vader, Leia, whomever. Did I have some gripes with some of the nitpicky stuff I mentioned? Yeah, but it doesn't make the show trash. It's been very much consistent, and it's very rewatchable. And I guarantee you, once we get all six episodes, we're going to binge it in in a couple hours. That's how good this show is. 
I, I love where we're going. I love how this is tying into the official Star Wars canon. Now, such as some of the bad that I've been hearing about and seeing about is the BS on the internet. Okay, whoever's watching this right now, whoever listening to this, I'm a, I got just one message for you. Okay, stop. There, there, there's no need for you to sit there and, and go on Moses Ingram's Instagram and DM her and say, hey, you know what, your time's up, or you know, you're you're, you're just a woke hire, or this is all about diversity, or you're not good enough for Star Wars because you know you're a woman or because you're black. Okay, she's killing it in the role as this Inquisitor. Okay, she's making this show right now. Her and Leia, who are both women, are making the show. So miss me with that trash. For, for, I bet you those are the same fanboys making those comments who love Ray. Okay, and those are the same ones who are probably saying, "Oh, what Ray's great," but they weren't saying it was woke. Weren't saying it was a diverse hire. You know, there's a lot of women characters in Star Wars of color. There's a lot of color actors who are in Star Wars that are killing it. Lando Calrissian is one of them. Hell, Tamara Morrison, who's Django Ro- and Rosario. Rosario Dawson, who's Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, come on. D- D- Donald Glover, who played a young uh, uh, um, Calrissian. Like, come on, yeah, guys. John like, Boyega. Yeah, John Boyega, Sam Jackson. Oscar like, there's Isaac. A lot of... Exactly. The list goes so, on so, and on and on. Exactly. <laughs> so so don't, don't sit there and say, you know, this is a diverse hire and, you know, we're we're gonna kill you because you know your 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 character and you're black and all that BS is like come on we don't need that. Just like you and McGregor said, you're not a Star Wars fan. You're gonna act mm-hmm. like that. And for you to sit there and to, to sit there and try to ruin this lady's career or like get in her head when she's out here killing it, like come on man, that's disrespectful. Ain't nobody out here criticizing you and what job you're doing. You probably don't got a job yourself. That's probably why you have enough time to get on the internet and make stupid comments like that. Mm-hmm. So for, for for all those weirdos out there talking greasy being racist and ignorant like come on you, they're, they're, come on ain't no need for that enjoy this property for what it is star wars is a diverse community whether it's in real life or in the actual universe okay miss me with that trash about being racist and sexist and all that garbage there's no need for that all right because there's no need to sit there and really try to get under someone's skin because you don't like the way they're performing a role it's make believe people it's not real Yes, it's very inspiring stuff to people who love Star Wars. I'm one of those people that love it. But I'm not going to sit there and get on the internet and say how much I don't like somebody because of I don't like the way they're playing a character. Mm-hmm. Like so, so for all those people out there who, who actually are good Star Wars fans, I appreciate you. I'm sure Moses does too. I'm sure Chris and Ben appreciate you because that's what we need right now. With the world being crazy right now, we need more positivity. So... I applaud you guys out there who love the character, who love this show, who love to be positive. For all those negative people, we don't we don't need you here. We don't need you in, in this in this community. So, but score out of ten thus far, nine out of ten with the first three episodes. Yeah, uh, bouncing off of your, your your point right there for for the whole world for the community. I mean, come on, man! Like this this wasted energy is just just terrible toxicity and i feel like we go through this too much anymore it's like this endless cycle a new star wars project this person then this person gets hate then this person gets hate and you know what i just came back from star wars celebration and those those are fans right there in that place like like these people on the internet they i don't know what what their purpose in life is but you can't get under somebody's skin like that because that's that's hard. You know that that harms that person. You, you can't take that stuff you say back. 
Um, but all I know is I spent four days with with like the some of the you would never we I never had one negative person no no toxicity at all over those four days those were people were as close as family in my opinion all of us getting together and celebrating the the best of this storytelling that we love so much um, so that's what I think about I think about that and whoever the heck these crazy people are um, yeah they're 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 not one of us so you know screw them basically. Um, but I agree with you. I actually was thinking the same score. A 9 out of 10. A 9 out of 10 right now. And that's one of my higher scores. I'm, I'm a critic sometimes when it comes to this <laughs> stuff. But but I gotta say, there's there's a couple little things. Like the music when Darth Vader was hunting Obi-Wan, it seemed like it was a little bit too much on like cable TV a little bit. But I can I could forgive that uh, because we still have three episodes left. And like you guys were saying, um, I think they're really saving the best for for last in this latter half as far as like the big beats and the big uh, action sequences and all that you sort of thing. You know where we might we, we might get a duel of the fates maybe or a battle Ooh. of the heroes. We might get a little touch of it, just saying. Yeah. So there <laughs> you go. I'm 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 impressed. And you know what? It's like I was telling everybody um, and I, as I was at Celebration, I didn't hear one bad thing. Everybody that was at Celebration, I was talking to people in the elevator. I'd go into the elevator at the hotel. The guy would say hello there. You know, that's what I love yeah. about Star Wars Celebration because, like, everybody was on that Star Wars high and there wasn't anybody saying anything negative. It was just exactly. like, this is awesome. And, this is what we were waiting for. And, and, that's, and, and, let's, and I'm sure, Ben, you guys can relate to this. It's a small pocket of those people who are acting like that. And, but the problem is the Internet makes them bigger than what they are. So it's just it's just a small pocket of those weirdos doing that negative stuff. But Chris, you were at celebration, like I said, or like you said, all, thousands of people just celebrating this property that has changed lives and you know has influenced so many things in our culture. It's like, man, that's that's a positive thing right there. Yeah. So so that, that's what I think about when when I think about these stupid comments and articles about this person's being, you know, this all this hate stuff coming out. Um, I'll throw it over to you, Ben. Make the final word on our first three episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. So um, for me, I thought the first three episodes were great. I I love them. Like you guys said, but only a few little nitpicky things on just the music and cinematography. Everything else was excellent for the show for me. You know, from the action to the story, all the characters from Obi-Wan to, um, of course, Leia. Like I said, she's she's probably in my top two favorite, two or three favorite characters right now. I, I love that character. Um, Reva's been great. Vader, of course, was amazing seeing him in action. And then, of course, we're going to see Hayden down the line. We're hoping at some point because we saw that flashbacks or that little force thing in the field. So, you know just the um, potential for this that this series has I just love the fact that you know it's giving us the Obi-Wan I feel like that we wanted like if you thought about Obi-Wan over the years it's like this is what we wanted and you know we always said like what story could pull him off of Tatooine and this is the story to do it mm -hmm. and like I love you know the fact that Bail the Bail Organa one of the most known senators in the galaxy goes to Tatooine one of the most crime ridden places like at the time, like that's that's awesome. Like from Bale's perspective, like you know, like that shows how dire this story is and how important it is. So like the fact they're doing that is incredible. Um, 
like I said, I, I'm really liking the direction they're taking it. Um, you know, slowly o- having Obi-Wan build up basically like Rocky, like now we are for sure going to be getting the Rocky montage. I feel yeah. like, like that's, 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 that's for sure going to be a thing. I feel like, um, so, you know, we're going to be going along those lines. As I mentioned, cinematography was a bit shaky for sure on some of the shots of Vader, I feel like, um, if you when you watch the third episode. But again, it doesn't take you out of it. It's still not it's not horrible by any stretch. It's still it's still good for what it is. And then the music is definitely weak. You know, I feel like there's there's a chance for sure of it improving, especially whenever we get to their final fight that's going to be the big teller of them if the music works or not because you know the music and the big lightsaber fights always stand out for the most part so that's the big thing i feel like to look forward to down the line and then uh yeah there weren't any really negatives for me about the show like it's easily a nine out of ten and then to to address the whole situation with all the I would say viewers. They're not even fans of Star Wars, in my opinion. Um, the viewers of this show and commentators of this show that were, like, harassing Moses Ingram. Like, you know, as Ewan McGregor said, like, if any of you are watching this podcast right now, like, you guys aren't fans. Like, you're sorry, you're not fans. Like, if you're going and treating an actress that way just because of, like, her being a female or a person of color or a different orientation, et cetera, et cetera, like, you know, then you're not a fan, like, this is, as you said, Milton, a fictional universe. Like, we're sitting here doing a podcast about a fictional property. This isn't real life, people. Like, you know, don't take it like real life. Have fun with it. It's entertainment. Like, movies and shows are entertainment. That's what they're there for. And I guarantee you, all of these people that are acting like this, they would not tell her any of these things to her face. Facts. Not at all. No, no chance. No yeah. way. I don't, I don't care. I Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't care what they say. Like, there's no way any of these people would tell her this stuff to her face. It's just keyboard warriors what's even funnier, trying ben. to get a response. Here's what's even funnier. Those same people are going to watch the next three weeks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, they're going to watch this mm-hmm. and put more money in her pocket. <laughs> like, come on. And they're going to watch this, put more money in her pocket. And my thing, too, um, for anybody listening to this that aren't those viewers, like, if you're just a great fan of the show, cool. Also, you know, um, just to specifically point out, it is totally fine to criticize Riva as a character on screen. Like, you know, what you see, you know, she's a character. If you, if you, if the character is not vibing with you, that's fine. That is totally fine. That's your prerogative. Um, and, you know, like for the people like attacking Moses, it's like, why are you attacking her for doing her job? Like, if you're going to complain to somebody, complain to Deborah Chow and whoever the writer is, like, obviously about the character, not like, you know, they're, um, you know their race or anything like that like if you have problems with the character complain to the creators not the person doing the job like you know exactly. that that's like that's like when you go to like mcdonald's and they're like oh hey uh i need to complain to the ceo of mcdonald's for my one little yeah. mess up it's like okay but like people people just don't think about stuff like that before they go and write because it's a, uh, you know it, it's just it's just such like a knee-jerk society and like even um even Star Wars Theory, he made a video about all of this. And, like, normally, he, you know, he doesn't get involved in this this sort of stuff. And he even mentioned it. Like, mm. you know, like, if you're one of those type of fans, looking back, do you really want to be that person? Like, say if you look back on your internet life, your internet history, like, say when you're 80 years old, do you want to look back and say, oh, when I was in my 20s or 30s, I was sending death threats and racist comments to an actress just because I didn't like a character? Like, do you really want to be that type of a fan? And, like, 
to me, that's like people just don't think about that stuff because you know, just some knee jerk reaction. And uh, I, I don't know, it, it's just a shame, in my opinion. It's just a shame. Like I, I, I've never seen the point of any of that sort of stuff, like sexism, racism, etc. Because it's just stupidity. Right. Like everyone, everyone's people, and it's like just to enjoy, um, you know, enjoy it for what it is. Like, like have fun and. You know, as you mentioned, Chris, like all these, all the Star Wars fans, Star Wars fans are a big family. Like, you know, we all came from like different backgrounds and like so many people, like look how many friends you have online from all over the world, you know, in the Star Wars family of, mm-hmm. of, of friends. Like, you know, we've talked to so many people, like, like I'm good friends with Jason Ward. Like he's one of the big Star Wars insiders. I'm good friends with you guys. I'm good friends um, with, uh, like Ryan O'Toole, he's like another YouTuber. He he loves Star Wars too. Like you know, there's a lot of people that love Star Wars that are creators and fans and whatnot, and they they all are are great people to talk to. And it's like, and then you have like those other people that are in the tiny 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 minority that are loud. And it's like, don't don't ruin it for everybody else. Like just just go watch something else or just just shut your TV off and go outside because it's clear you haven't gone outside in a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there you go. There's, there's our statement on the matter. Um, that, 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 that's the final word on that. And, um, you know, hopefully in a few, you know, hopefully these next three episodes, we could just sit there and enjoy them and people just keep their mouths shut and don't ever attack anybody, no matter what, if it's star Wars or anything, it, it goes for anything in life. Right. Like that's a person that has feelings. So think about that before yeah. you say something, because you, once you fire those words, you, you you shoot that arrow. You can't take that arrow back. So think about yep. that. Well, and say, you know. Well, the, well, and one more thing: the ironic thing with all these, all these fans, and I'm sure you've noticed it, or you both noticed it as well, like Chris and Milton. Like, um, have you guys noticed a lot of that talk? A lot of the racist, sexist type, like talk, and like the whole discussion around it. It got instantly stamped out. As soon as Ewan McGregor put that video out, I feel like the discussion like got really like that was a big bucket of water thrown on that. Um, and it feels like it slowed mm-hmm. down some at least because I feel like a lot of those fans, they were like, you know, they're all about Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan and stuff. And they're like, oh, man, what do we do now? Now he's on her side. So, like, it's great that Ewan uh, made that video and, you know, props to him be for you know her him being the lead of the show and like standing up to those type of people and uh you know it's it's a great example i feel like and i um uh, you know i i'm hoping as you as you said chris hoping the next three episodes i you know the, i'm sure they're going to be great and just let's just have fun with it and you know don't have these type of controversies or send actors these type of messages or things like I, there's so much more better things in life to worry about than harassing people through the internet. Like just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I'm, there's no easy way yep. to segue out of that topic. <laughs> um, but yeah. we did it guys in under two and a half hours. We covered basically most of star Wars celebrations, biggest announcements. We highlighted all of that. And we talked about three episodes of the series we've been waiting for for literally years at this point, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, so we'll be back same time, same place next week to break down part four. By the way, I do want to make a note. I like how they're they're treating this as something different. It's not episode titles. It's just part one, two, three, four, five, six. So it feels like a grander 
like a like a one movie right rather than right. like a series so i do like that little detail all right so milton where can the people find you what will you be talking about this week or whatever yeah the people can find me on twitter at milton weber seven or instagram at milton seven weber um this weekend um Honestly, I think I'm going to just get ready and watch the NBA Finals on Sunday. I think Boston and Golden State are game two. I'm a huge basketball fan, so I'm going to watch some basketball on Sunday. I know game one was yesterday. Um, honestly, tomorrow, do my normal routine, work out in the morning, get some errands done, um, just getting and probably watch episode three or part three of what we won sometime this weekend for sure and finish Stranger Things season four, part one, because I'm oh. loving that season thus far. It's oh. really, really good. Yeah, so I'll be doing that this weekend, just catching up, and I need to catch up with my sleep because I had a hell of a week this past week at work. But other than that, though, just follow me on my Instagram and social media. I do a lot of fitness stuff on my Instagram. Um, I'm sure Ben has started doing his thing, too. So, yeah, come check me out. Give me a follow. Share with your friends. There you go. And if that's not all, we got Boys Season 3 out today. I forgot about that. My brother told me to watch that. He said it's fire. He says fire. I, I'm, I'm so behind because uh, as I as I plug my own content here, I'll I'll let Ben go first though. Yeah, I uh, for me, I'm just kind of doing the normal like like you said, Milton working out. Um, I'm probably gonna start Stranger Things either tonight after this show or tomorrow, or tomorrow night I would say. And yeah, nothing nothing too crazy. Probably just talking Star Wars online with fans. Um, you know bringing a more positive vibe to things is always good. Um, and also um, continuing to defend the fifth brother for anybody that's critiquing him because I think his character is awesome. So got to, got to keep defending him on Twitter. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, just pretty much that working out. So yeah, you guys can find me at real Ben Maynard on Instagram and uh, Twitter, my Instagram. But uh, yeah, if you want to, if you want to follow me on one of those platforms, just follow me on Instagram because you know, I'm just working on, getting in really good shape and i'm just documenting the entire the entire thing like all my workouts all that stuff it's it's all up there there you go so that's where you can follow those guys and what they're up to um as i mentioned earlier i am dealing with a lot of editing right now <laughs> i have put up my cosplay video I've put up my sideshow booth tour. I have a video going out about Galaxy's Edge. I have a video going out about, about the Mandalorian experience that I freaking love so much. And I have like a general California vlog and I have a just a general vlog of the convention. Um, and I do have, let's see, a couple other things that went up. Oh yeah, I have some trailer reactions that I went that went up. One of them with Steven Schinder about the Jedi Survivor. So yeah, I have an entire playlist dedicated to Star Wars Celebration. So make sure you go ahead and check that out, as I really do appreciate it. I also have a video, a companion video up about Quinlan Voss and the path. So anything you want to know about Quinlan Voss in the lead up. And I can't believe I forgot to talk about the um, Dark Disciple book in that video. As, as Milton mentioned it, now I feel like a dummy for not talking about that book in that video. <laughs> but I'm sure somebody will call me out on that video um, eventually in the comments at one point about what you think about that? Oh, I didn't mean to forget it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why you can of course subscribe to the channel. Um, uh, as always, I like to shout out the chat room tonight. Uh, we had Aaron, we had Chris, we had dark nerdy Gonzo. We had, uh, the other Chris, Chris Weber. Uh, we also had, um, somebody else that was new in the chat at one point. Um, trying to scroll up to find them. Oh, we had Sim Sims and, 
Ryan Johnson. Um, no, no, not the Ryan Johnson from from the last guy. He spells it with a Y. Man. Bro. I'm like Ryan. We got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So so that was it for Outer Rim Transmission number sixty. We'll see you back here as always. You can download us the podcast every monday and you can listen and watch us live every friday at nine o'clock eastern and you can buy our buy our t-shirts at teespring.com just search outer rim transmission so for ben for milton for i chris aka star raptor this was outer rim transmission number 60 thank you for watching and transmission